Welcome to The Natural High, which is a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of happiness in all its glorious forms. This week, I have a very special guest who I know will please several of my listeners in particular. Aubrey Lambie is a UK friend who has been in my life for almost 25 years. He's one of those guys who I don't see for years on end, but when we do pick up again, it's like we were never apart. We made music together, traveled and shared many great Glastonbury festivals. He's been around for pretty much all of my adult life. He's unique in his way of thinking and certainly in the delivery of his thoughts. He's one of the most enthusiastic talkers I've ever met. And in the first few years of our friendship, I'd try to interject when he was in full flow. It used to annoy me that he'd start a story and simply work backwards with no end point or apparent structure. But as our friendship matured, I realised that this had value in itself and pretty much defined the man. I eventually learned that there was simply no point in trying to arrest his unique flow. What I can say is that he's always been there for me through thick and thin and he leaves an impression on those he meets. Because of his character, Aubrey has a special place in the hearts of many. So I wanted to immortalise him in audio once and for all and leave you to draw your own conclusions. It was a brilliant few hours, and this conversation reminded me so much of my younger years when Aubrey would arrive at our house and bewitch us all with his unique rhetoric. So sit back and enjoy the rare mind of Aubrey, and please drop me some comments at thenaturalhighclub.com forward slash Aubrey. Signs I decide go, 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 go. Sometimes I listen, it's intentional. Sometimes I listen, you wanna bend your own. Go, go, go where you know. Go, go, reach plateaus. I got it written down. You wanna come with me? Some people bend down, won't say please. Go, go, and now you really know. This is how we got it good and how we really got Wanna get it right for everybody we know. And so we can live right. Gotta shut. This I wanna Sandy Beach is like we, I gotta get it fresh. And then we can 
Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. I've got to try and see you. I don't know how to see you. I don't, don't know how to see you. Me. Let's let the words create the pictures. Um, I'm I'm pleased to be at a because I know so that we 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 can communicate on WhatsApp all the time. We do. We speak to each other via chat all the time. But we don't we don't call each other that much, do we? I'm not much of a. I'm not a, like massive on calling in general. What about you? No, nah, yeah. Well, we used to call Ollie. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, listen, when you just arrived there, cuz you were speaking to me every <laughs> day, every night, so right, for at least an hour. That my girl was actually going, "What am I dealing with?" Yeah, I know. You were one of the. You were one of the several victims that had to put up with me as I tried well, to reverse America. <laughs> Um, as a as a single man chasing the love of my life. Again, for me and you, nothing to do with recording mm. people who are listening. Nothing to do with nothing. Just to do with I'm talking to my mate. You get me? And yeah, sometimes we do. Yeah, no, we we discuss certain things because we're far away at the moment. But as people, me and Ollie, yeah, we discuss certain things. So that's all I'm doing. Sometimes I must say. Um, not conspiracy theories or anything like that but um some of the things that i get given or sent to me that are like well i say to myself first of all well surely you did see that and then i've got a little feeling in my body that says hopes uh, not not actually correct whatever they're Such saying is not the truth conspiracies basically anything you know well, not even conspiracies. That's why I was saying I don't want really to use that word when I said conspiracy theories, because I'm just saying in my soul, in my soul, I hear some news, right? And then I'll go, well, that doesn't sound right. Or mm. And then maybe a bit later, some video comes up that connects that to that to this to that. You understand? Mm. To give it, and to give weight, to add weight to it. Exactly. And not only mm. does it add weight to it, but, but, I say this with humility because believe I'm not God. But the thing that I'm saying. So disappointing. It, After all these years, <laughs> I've been thinking you were God. Say, um, what's that film with Morgan Friedman and my guy? Bruce, Bruce Almighty. All right, okay. This is why I love it. This is Did why I love get, talking yeah. to you because you Any, always just go off on these crazy tangents all the time. <laughs> we're on to Bruce Almighty you know, you know now from Conspiracy Theories. Yeah, but you see, even that, right, it's because we mentioned God. And if you check them films there, and even what happened to Mr. Carey, say that he ain't about, no, oh, he was about, and whatever happened, and he went through a tribulation. I'm just trying to say there's people's doing things in higher, wherever and whatever. Oh, man, people... absolutely, 100%. I totally agree. I know what you're saying. I totally agree with you. That bad stuff goes on. I, I always think about, you know, with big corporations and governments and stuff, it, if, a lot of the time it doesn't feel to me like they're, they're trying to do the right thing. 
they instead they're trying to get away with doing the wrong thing. Yeah, that's a good comment. That's a good comment. It's it's interesting that you're talking about well, conspiracies and governments and stuff like this from the off because it's very relevant at this point in time. And I did want to speak to you about you know, the crazy storm surrounding the murder of George Floyd. I have to say, from personally speaking, that I feel really proud that so many people have protested. You know, we went out on the weekend and we did some protesting. They stood up and they've, the young, young people, a lot of young people, they stood up and they said, we're not having this. We're not having it. It seems to me that, a, you know, a reminder that we're supposed to be in America and the UK, we're supposed to be living in democracy. We're supposed to elect officials to govern our countries the way we see fit. You know, they are pub mm -hmm. our public servants. But it so often doesn't feel like that, does mm -hmm. it? And when this George, when this George mm -hmm. Floyd, Floyd story erupted, people from all walks of life, from all over the globe, they mobilised in a really dangerous time with coronavirus and stuff. They got together en masse to voice their disgust that in this day and age, there is still such blatant racism in a country like America, which is so multicultural and benefits so much from that multiculturalism. So we stood up and we protested. We said, this is absolutely not what we put you in charge to do. This is not how we want you to govern. And in response, the American government put a curfew in place, a curfew to say, oh, you're not oh. allowed to go on protest. You're not allowed going to go out after eight o'clock at night. And this is how they responded mm. to people trying to say, we don't want you to govern like this. Uh, you know, after all, the word democracy means no. means demo, citizen. Uh, crassy means power. So power to the people. But the people reminded themselves mm -hmm. about this word democracy That's and true. said, who are you to tell us we can't protest? We put you into power. This is supposed to be a democracy. So it's, it's relevant because, you know, you're a lifelong friend to me. And I wonder how much this resonates with you as you don't live in America, but you're a black man living in London, a British guy living in London, and, you know, and how many skirmishes have you had in the past? How many times have you felt like you're being discriminated by, against? And has it affected your life in a negative way? Well done, Ollie. Well done. Re re really well put. And um, I hope I can reflect on other things. You say, have you ever faced blah, blah, blah in your life? Ollie, if I was to tell you so many instances that I have to look in the face of whoever is doing what they're doing and go really really you're gonna to to come like that mm. and it's unbelievable that you just go why in my consciousness I have to go why are you doing that now I have to say that's university you were give thanks I met you via right that's university I told Alessia today about my work life experience when Oh my God, I don't even want to start repeating it. It's actually, actually, Ollie, it's unbelievable. And yet, my one soft one, but I've still had, I've still got my complaints. I've still got my instances. My one has made me be, as I'm, as age of who I am now, like the guy said on the radio, made me be able to go, you know what, I'm cool now. I ain't mm. going to do no more, you know, man. And when I say do no more, that means even study. I ain't going to bother studying because it's a, not even that degree thing I said, but you know, it's a big bogus trip because you're not going to give me the squeeze or you're not going to give me that after my name. And ironically, while I say that, my brother's a chartered surveyor. And I know, say, for him to be the chartered surveyor after his learning, and even when he come back from America, he had to pay some mad money to have the letters after his name. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Why? Which again, huh? Because that's Why? how you, that's how it, He's well, just like university the, fees uh, and stuff. Well, n no, not like university fees, no. 
like I want the letters after my name, you have to pay the Royal Society of Surveyors, Institute of Society of Surveyors, a certain right. amount of money so you can use the letters after your name along with the, 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 the title that you now attained, which is Bachelor of Sciences, because you went and done a degree in the subject. Mm. It's like an automatic thing. Yes? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. But that's just capitalism, isn't it? That's more capitalism than racism. Make money wherever yeah, you yeah, can. Of course. Every it's step a, of the way. Have a form of it. Make money. But look, look, you see, even that now with parking in London, the councils make millions from parking in London now because, back to capitalism, when Maggie went and said, instigate parking because we're not going to give you as much money any, anymore. She, well, a bit like that because her voice did sound like a man, um, is that um, they did. They put the parking on, and now these boroughs, they earn millions from people parking. And, in the, in, and, in, and, and if I was to elaborate, uh, one of the requests of the New World Order in this 2020s time is that people should live in little huts, yeah? Come downstairs, get on them bikes that are, it up in their little place do you scan in with your card or the chip that they want to put in your body and uh off you go maybe as far as a bike could carry you if you're not going to have a bike you can have an electric car no disrespect like what you've got and you're going to be able and things are going to be like the vision that as i'll say to alessia people have had since 1960 of a day a date called 2020. Yeah, so yeah, but but it doesn't seem like we ever get to that sort of you know to that idyll, that nirvana, that perfect place where we we are completely sustainable and we're all green and we're all selfless and altruistic. Do you think we'll ever get there? The whole coronavirus thing. I mean, it's such a massive warning to us, isn't it? As people, as humans, as 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 incumbents of planet Earth, that we can't just carry on doing this the way we've been doing it you said i'm good at the tangents on the try and give you my opinion on some of that if i can remember on coronavirus gosh later earlier right putting that one in there if you remember earlier i said to you i said to you um this uh, uh racism thing has happened on the back of the corona and the corona has separated people and i went into some again Aubrey tangent when I mentioned Margaret Thatcher's 90s, yes? Mm -hmm. So the corona, the corona had already separated people, yeah? They had told the people, do what we tell you, basically. The governments went, do what you tell you. Why? Because of this, this, this thing that is coming out of where? Um, now, they come out of there, but it's managed to get to there, there, and there as a drop as a hat. That means anybody who went there, all the rubbish, yeah? And next thing you know, like I said, I ain't God, but I might have asked for something to happen. So just to change the, the way it is, like you just said, it needs to change. And I've said that many times before, but like I ain't God, I couldn't do it. And I couldn't kill that person. I couldn't, can you just kill that? No, you can't do that. You can't kill that person. Okay, so uh, um, uh, 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 the coronavirus, it comes, It's we definitely know it's man-made. Just as a quick insert, then we it's got man-made. With all of his, you mean it's, it's caused by by the way it's created we, by it man and man doing yeah. things to man and man and whatever yeah. you get me. Mm -hmm. Just like the czars, just like the 
Ebola and just like everything else that these people take the piss out of us doing when they inflict them on people. Unfortunately, in most cases, they do inflict it upon Africa because they want to get rid of them people there so they take the minerals and the thing without any problem. And, um, wow. But it comes down to our personal choices as well, yeah, though, doesn't it? Like, it comes down to the fact that we eat meat as humans. You know, if we didn't eat meat, then we wouldn't have most of these problems, right? Okay, let's come again now. Uh, if you're going to go like that, when the Native American or the black people, same way, did live on that said continent, when they were living there, they had buffalo and bison and everything's good, yeah? The capitalistic brain, which only... It went there with that frame of mind, like, what's happening? We've heard. You know what I mean? There mm. is land to be taken here. No, there isn't land to be taken here, because someone on that land will have to get rid... They didn't mention that you've got to get rid of them people, and then you can have the land that they were on. And mm. that might be a bit of a problem, but don't worry about it. Make the journey anyway. I say again, right, with the cutting, buffalo and bison was there in abundance. Them people there, in the way that they plant their corn, they will kill enough bison, buffalo, because they know when the bison's coming and the buffalo's coming and the buffalo's bigger than the bison. So they go, look, we're going to have to kill about three of them and that will be enough. So sustainable is what you're saying. They didn't overkill. Yeah. Over that. You say the word sustainable, which is obviously, I would have to say, they ain't talking like that when they, when they, they you know what? <laughs> Let us kill three things so it's sustainable. No, they're not talking like that. They're but they going, are sort of, aren't they? Indirectly, they are. They're going, no, they're not even going like that. They're going, that's so. enough. They go, listen, here they go. They don't go destroy the population. They go, we only need three. That three will feed us for a long, yeah. for a long time. And believe yeah. me, we know where this herd we know where this herd's going. So even after the three, which will get us through the winter when we don't want to be chasing after these big fucking animals, excuse me. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, uh, this three will get us through the winter. And by the way, we know where they're going to go because they always go there every year. And um, we'll go and get some more if we need to. So that would be what we are now. And overstand what I'm saying, sustainable. Because sustainable is a product of what you were saying about, do you reckon we could live green? Do you reckon we could do this? Do you reckon we could do that? If you check the air when everybody was in their house chilling and using electricity, which is again, you know, one of them silent energies, uh, uh, how clear the sky was. Because our mm. sky for dodgy London was proper clear. Mm. And I think it's been, clear, it's been clear for a little while. So let us consider that all of this lockdown was so that the world could get the climate change down to a place that they could get it in quick time. Hello? But don't you feel that it's going to just go back no, to... No, no, no answer that one. Answer that one. It was the world telling answer us. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a message from the planet that, that just no, say... No, that, it's you not know, the world telling us. The world telling us... The planet, I mean. The, the, the world telling us, the planet, is that... Swedish gal who says, I'm going to go on a boat to America and say to him, stop doing what you're doing. Excuse me? That's, that's um, the, the, the world telling us. But when it comes down to the world, the, the, the ecology of the world, Planet don't Earth. watch man at all. Yeah, don't watch man at all because man ain't got, he's like got nothing to do with it. But you know what you said a minute ago? What you said a minute ago, which is quite interesting, was you said that basically you suggested that when we were into bison and buffalo, you know, Native Americans, when they were eating, hunting, hunter-gatherers uh, all that time ago, you're sort of suggesting that they weren't greedy at that point. But we are greedy now, aren't we? So 
it, what's changed then? Have we become greedy? You don't think that we are naturally, innately greedy people? You think that it's yes. something that it's it's nurture rather than nature? I, I, I won't listen to this, eh? Oh, and overstand it like this. No other country, especially America, no no other country really has said to anybody else at any point, come over here, there's loads going on. No one's ever said, even when Britain said that to the uh, West Indian islands, come over here, there's lots going on. It was more like, that country's all messed up now, right? You lot got a couple strong people left. You were strong from before. You didn't all die in the war. Well, a lot of ours did, and our buildings are mashed up. Could you come over here and just sort of help us out? And then when they come over here, you talk about racism. When they come over here, a man's going, you've come and taken our jobs. And you, no, you didn't want to do the job. That's why they've come over. And that's right mm. down to now with what they were going to call about the NHS and clap for the NHS. Yep. When week before last, they were saying, Boris, are you going to keep it if you stay here? Because we, we know how you stay. You're all about privatization, everything. And mm. consequently, now I'm going to keep it. And what does he do? He makes deals with the American pharmaceutical companies who all got something to do with this flipping corona. Mm. Excuse me? All right. So um, where was I before? Gosh, this is it. Have you ever seen, so but no, but just in terms of greed, that's an interesting one. So you think that we've become greedy more in the modern world as we've become more materialistic? Do you think like, you know, in, since, you know, post-industrial... I'm going to say again what I started with. I said, what other country... As basically, I mean, I'm not saying South America didn't do it with the Spanish, but they did it in a different way. We're going to leave out Europe, but just know, because they've done it too, the, the Balkans with the arguing with the Austro-Germans and all this stuff. So we're not going to go into that. But I'm just going to explain that for the Americas, and I have to say even Africa out of a product to that, they were all dominated by people who didn't come from there. There you go. Okay, so... Even what I'm saying with this, you call it an invitation, but I just said they were given without advertising, word of mouth, that come over here, thanks going on. And when I say that, I'm saying well, how the Spanish, I'm saying how the Spanish did it to all them places of, of them ancient peoples and teeth their things just by arriving there. Look, there's land, let's go there. And when they go there, they don't go, look, can we reason? At the moment, can we coexist, please? We're just well, they start like that, but they always kill them off once yeah, they've massively. coexisted enough to know. Say they ain't got no weapons, they ain't got no this. Let's kill them. And I mean, and again, the whole story, the and the story with, with Native America is particularly sad, isn't it? Because from what I know about it, or I've heard about it, Native Americans are extremely welcoming to just conquistadors. Spanish from your south and up the top Dutch. Mm. We're New Yorkies, and it's called New Amsterdam. Mm. And the Hudson Bay River, and uh, that Hudson Bay River, the Dutchman, for him reaching there, this is the same thing, you know, look, oh, look, we've reached land, bruh, respect. Um, can we chill? They come like that, and then That's they go, greed, oh, isn't what? it? That's greed. So we, we can go way, we can go way further back I, I, than post-Second World War, because if I you look at Spain, I, the Spanish conquistadors, they were greedy, weren't they? They went from, they, they, they went and like plundered gold from all around the world. This is what I'm saying without saying it, and I'm not going to declare them as Europeans. I'm just dropping it like someone came back to them and said, look, there's lots going on over there. So that's how I'm saying man would get in a boat prior to thinking that he was going to fall off the edge of the world and say, I'm going to go a little bit further than that guy and see Wagwan. Consequently, in most cases, they all hit land 
And when they hit land, all due respect, I've seen them Spanish men kiss the floor and everything when they get out or get off the ship and say, thank you, Santa Maria and God knows what else, yeah? And then literally as they get to their feet, they look at the, the gold hanging out of the Indian man's nose and they go, yep, this is the right place. And then they begin what they're dealing with. So when we're talking about greed, capitalism, as is a new word, still like... You know, that's why, that, that's, why, that's why they were called Indians in the first place, because I think it was because they thought they'd reached India, didn't they, when they got to America? Is that right? Pretty sure yes, that's why they're called Indians rather than Native a, Americans. Very, 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 very quickly, Oli. When I went to Brighton, me and Alessia went into a pub called The Victory, which was reminiscent of... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to tie Listen, mate, listen. You're, you're talking about Christopher Columbus and then a pub in Brighton in the same sense. Well, you'll see a pub in Brighton <laughs> called The Victory, which was Nelson's ship, right? Nelson. So Nelson, he's a late 18th century... And he was fighting Napoleon in uh, Egypt and stuff like that. No, okay. And they had maps on the wall, the maps that were created in 15th century this and 16th century that, right? And every time in the maps, they would try and draw, even though in, in our case now, the country outline that they would have drawn, like Australia especially, would have been uh, much smaller. And consequently, I have to add, Australia was actually located by the by the Dutch as well and the Dutch for locating Australia had come from what they call Van Diemen's land which was Tasmania mm. so the overstanding of them three little bits New Zealand Tasmania and Australia as they are islands just breaking off they're associated to the Polynesian islands and then Polynesian peoples are like the Papua New Guineans, who are the indigenous people of there, who migrated and made the, the indigenous people of somewhere like Australia, the Abba originals, you know what I mean? So, and all them people there relate to the Namibian from South Africa. So we have to also check, you know, the beginning and the end, whatever. So everybody disperses and everybody lives where they do. The Dutch were the greatest sailors, so they made, they made their ways in places that a lot of other countries, France, Britain, Spain, hadn't gone to. So in some cases, they would make rough maps of, of the outline of countries. And the reality of, of Australia was that Captain Cook went there in about 17 rare, yeah? 46, I don't know. Anyway, the, the Dutch had got there in 15 blah, went into the Van Diemen's land. They call it Van Diemen's land because um, as I was saying to Alessia the other day, um, there is a, 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 a animal there called what we call the Tasmanian devil. Mm. Yeah. And it's a furry little animal. We don't know how it comes. We call it Tasmanian devil instead of Tas Tasmanian bear, you know, or Tasmanian cuddly. Right. <laughs> but they, go, they call it Tasmanian devil. So that's how come that place got called Van Damon's land because the van is the Dutch vibe spinning on it. And the devil is Damien. Yes. So. So, but who again, called it? Who called it? Tas who called it a Tasmanian devil? Um, after it was after the Dutch, because the Dutch called the place Damon's Land, so Devil Land Why? or something. The Devil, right? Why? Huh? Why? I'm not saying because of that furry creature. It might have been because of the terrain. 
It might be anything. I can't I think go I saw there. a film about it. I, I saw an amazing film about it, about these guys uh, exploring there and how like incredibly merciless the whole place was. Which anywhere is going to be, isn't it? When you're, when you're travelling there for the first time. Uncharted territory. Of course, but that, that Tasmania is meant to be more boggy, more... Anyway, Whatever what is, is your I point? Mean, I love what you're saying. It's all very descriptive and beautiful, but what well, are you saying? Right, I'm coming to the point. I'm coming to the point. Coming to the point. There's two points I've got to mention because I don't want to stray off it. Captain Cook, for the one of going to Australia by the British Navy, and when he did, and I saw a documentary on this, prior to that, he'd gone to New York and he mm. had uh, charted some areas around that Hudson Bay where the Dutch had already gone, look, forget it, we're not bothering with this. And I ain't saying that the English would have followed the Dutch, but again, like I said about the pub, or I did get a chance to say, the pub in Brighton, with the maps that it has on it, it shows you the indigenous people on the map as best as they could do. You know what I'm saying? So if they if they've got a map of I don't know the Americas, yeah, they'll show you a picture or a drawing of the person that lives there on these 16th, 17th century maps. Do you hear me? Right. How do they how right. do they denote that? How do they show them? What do they draw? Well, they show them as the I don't know. Yeah, they draw little brown people on Symbols. the map with grass skirts yeah. and shit. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're not necessarily. <laughs> they're not necessarily totally descriptive, like you can see the colour of symbols. their eyes. They're, they're symbols. They're, they're, they're better than that. They're very good images of the indigenous people of wherever they've gone. You mm -hmm. understand? Yeah. While I say that, while I say that, another video that you can look at on YouTube is called Jamaica and the Jamaicans. He highlights that the Jamaican flag has got not two black people on it, but two brown-looking Indian people. On it. Mm -hmm. And this is the point I'm making. When maps were originally created, they didn't describe Aboriginals, uh, Papua New Guineans. They didn't describe anybody like that. They described them all as Indians. It was a right. definitive thing. And they why Indians? Whoever was indigenous of everywhere they went. Well, you've got to check. It's out of Africa, right? And everywhere they're going, they're actually seeing brown people. And uh, the Papua New Guineans in the Polynesian Islands and Hawaiian Islands could also be kind of brown and Indian looking, for real, more yeah. than the darker, broad-nosed Papua New Guineans, the brown, definitely black uh, Aboriginal of Australia. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Again, just to make another point, Captain Cook was the one which is why they say he discovered it, was the one on the basis of the Dutch maps, find Australia, coming, his work had been done in New York, went back to England, they goes, listen, these Dutch people are going over to another place over them side, do you want to get over there? He goes, no problem. He went over to the, uh, said Papua New Guinea, got the islands and come all the way up, come all the way up, don't know what he's looking for, got some vague maps, where, as I say, the Dutch had got one side maybe of Australia, and uh, that's the side that, uh, I believe they inhabit, and the other side they don't even inhabit. You know what I mean? Uh, presently, and um, <clears throat> he went in every nook and cranny of that coastline to write and draw the right coastline of Australia, and that's the way that he will be attributed with you. Yeah, you discovered Australia. So mm -hmm. when you talk Christopher Columbus, he was a cartographer <clears throat> and burning spear. But, 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 
Cartography. Christopher Columbus. Cartography. Yeah, that's map drawing, isn't it? Anyway, that's yeah. Just... <clears throat> so again, history. History has shown that the, and I've got it again on video. The people, as you call them, conquistadors and all them thing there that helped the first <clears throat> people with the, the Santa Maria and the other ships that he came with, yeah? First of all, he got the money from, he was actually Italian. He got the money from a little bit of Spain and a lot from Portugal. But Portugal, <clears throat> Portugal uh, had this term for like black people or half black called Moranos and all that. So these Moranos, who would also become conquistadors, they had been in the Spains and the Portugals from the 14th, the 12th, and the God knows whatever century. Yeah? <clears throat> Sorry, 14th is when they, f they made the crossing. So <clears throat> they, the, 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 the Moranos, or the black man, had been in their world since about the 8th century AD. <clears throat> and uh, uh, this is the point, because uh, there's a thing called the Olomec Heads, the Olomec heads are large square African heads that are in the said Polynesian islands. Some of them are in Central America, where it shows that the African was traveling to them places all the while. So come back with the Christopher, all them people there. <clears throat> so for him to recruit people to fall off the edge of the world, which is what he, th he thought they were going to do, and nobody wanted to go, he took a lot of people that was in jail, a lot of murderers, a lot of people in jail. It was no point. They come out of the jail. They fall off the edge of the world. What's the what's the difference? Mm. And they became his crew. But in regards of the navigation to reach there, he done that with African man who had done that from the west side of Africa and gone up the top and found them places long before. Mm. And uh, uh, I have to say again that the Portuguese already had the whole of West Africa as their slave coast, Gold Coast, and all them coasts right down to what would be called South Africa. So they had every port along that West Africa, the Portuguese, and they're going to tell me that them same Africans, which are the ones who came out from that West Africa and went up the Atlantic to find the Americas and establish themselves there, irrespective of how they looked when my guy got there. And I've explained what the maps were showing. So yeah, that's the principle. I'm not going to try and go, I can't go into it too much with the Portuguese and the extradition of... Um, what they call Portuguese Jews, which were black men, but them conquistadors, all of the most of all of the crew from to navigate the waters across were black men who had done it before, or had known somebody to have done it before. You also have to say there has been findings of Egyptian style uh, canoe boats uh, in South America. So going back now to the greed, when man was told that there's something going on there, and I watched another documentary on a guy around the time with Elizabeth I, who was doing the same thing with the Spanish that the British and were doing with the Dutch for the entire time, which was going, they're going away over there. We don't know where, they found this new world. Yeah, well, well, can we have some, well, what's going on? So they would follow the Spanish ships. So that is how comes they've discovered the new world which was all them southern places like Mexico's, not Mexico, uh, uh, Florida, and going up around the side to New York, which, which I told you already, the Dutch had already got. And uh, this man, I can't remember his name, English man, Sir Walter Riley time. He come over to, to Drake. he was in Queen Elizabeth. No, it was along with Drake. It's 
Sir Francis Drake and Sir, maybe Sir Francis Bacon and some other guy, yeah? Um, mm. And Drake weren't making this journey. It was somebody else, the other guy. And both of them were vying for attention with uh, Queen Elizabeth I, you see? So mm. this man goes back to England and goes, there's a new world over there, the new world's there, there's holy per stuff, da 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 and so he grabbed up a group of English people to invest in it. And then he took about a hundred and plotted them in, in the Americas, you said, and said, build up this, build up that. Not Pennsylvania, but like one of them ones. Uh, build up this, build up that and get going. And uh, I think that when he returned after about a year and that, the people had no food, they were proper mashed up. So it's like the dream has not gone true. So what did he do? I think that he went back to England and got, this is where you get indentured laborers from. He go back to England and he went and got all people that are in jail and God knows where else and brought them back to this place and made them build up a, you know, a fort there. And, Colony, yeah. and that was how he was able to stay there. So if we're talking greed, right, he ain't got no right to be there. And if anybody approached building them people that were there the first time and maybe said, you know what, they then got the ability to negotiate and they don't get no food from the indigenous people who are watching them do what they're doing or vice versa. The indigenous people look what they're doing and go, what the fuck are you doing here? Let's kill you. So whatever happened, they didn't pass. The second time around, the second crew, they lived because they knew that the first crew had failed. So they knew what to do to succeed. And there's no doubt about it that they would have to negotiate with the indigenous people to know where food is, to know what to eat and what not, and so on. So that is the beginning of the greed because they go, right, we know it now, bang, you're dead. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and again, do you think, like, do you think, do you think <clears throat> God, do you think the idea of religion and God has got a lot to answer for in that respect? Because I think that, you know, the British and the Spanish, they were all doing it under the sort of auspices of religion, weren't they? We've got a divine right. We, God okay. is telling us to go and do this. And you could sort of get away, you could literally get away with murder by just saying, this is what, this is our divine right, this is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> you know what's good about that one? Because if you, if you check the Native Americans, or I have to say the indigenous people of any of the Americas, right, they all keep their ways, but the Spanish man would come with uh, the Roman Catholic vibe and all that. Now, Something that I've seen many times stated. All of these explorers, really, they just, they weren't very good people at all, were they? They were all just smashing up other cultures. Much more peaceful cultures. There you go. That, uh, much more peaceful. And that is the other point why they actually said, you know what, let's just, just, just kill them. The because Native Americans whole... said, come in, come in, please. Like, let's exactly. feed you, let's look yep. after you. The African man said that too, innit, when he said that. He said, come in, sit down. And there's no doubt about it, Africa was around before the Native Americans or the Americas, mm. even in mm. terms of population and stuff. I, mean, I ain't going to deny it. In the Grand Canyon, they got emphasis that there were, this part of the world was around in the BC. Well, we still don't have all the answers, like do we? We don't have all the answers. So what I'm saying is um, greed. Just understand how this is what happened, first of all. The Indian man had loads of fields, and the field was full of everybody. Everything's when you say Indian man, you're talking about Native Americans, yeah? I have to say Native American, but I'm going to refer to him as an Indian because Native American, I've still found out to be black people. So I'm going to just... Indian, Native American, they're both the same, but what we do classify as the straight-haired, brown person, I'm going to let him have his day and say that he was there, but I and I was there before that. There's no doubt about it, because everybody start with Vine and 
night and then you can chip off off from me to make anybody else you understand but you can't mm-hmm. make anybody else to be like me just saying genealogicals and all that anyway so um um um, um indian man is there he's living good and he's and then white man come and white man come and when he came he had a different agenda completely so it doesn't matter and we've got to check again the francis drake with tobacco vibe you get me which i don't think is what they were dealing with i really have to think that they were dealing with the herb and i reckon that they were having a peace pipe with him and he got on a rock and it was all nice and he goes you know what i want to take some of this back to uh, england and he goes look that thing is not like that it's not a regular maybe that's where the term maybe that's where the maybe that's where the term throwing a whitey comes from because it was like some white man came over and smoked some of that herb. <laughs> then you go and he couldn't handle it he and also well, that's the point, you know. Uh, you know, I've heard lyrics when they go like, "I'm getting white boy crazy," you know what I mean, or uh, white boy drunk or something, whatever. So there is a different thing that could relate to your whitey thing, but in truth, yeah, I'm thinking peace pipe because Herb does chill a man out, right? So maybe he's on the peace. I want to come onto that, by the way. We'll talk about he's that. He's on later. the peace pipe. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to. That. Uh, he's on the peace pipe, and um, when he leaves, because he was able to leave graciously he's like can i take some of that stuff with me they've said it's not a regular something we've done it with you because you was a new bruh and we're having peace you know what i mean talking he's gone okay they've gone listen we've got this other stuff it's regular as that but it just don't rock you the same way so maybe it's a day herb and then the other one's a night herb <laughs> he's gone right cool and that's what he's taken back to england with tobacco and again even if we look at that it's like it doesn't grow here, it grows over there. Okay, well, we like it. it. It could become a pastime. Why don't we go over there and get some more? Okay, mm. you have to, we'll have to find out where it comes. And then you get another bit of capitalism and expansion head. And whether it be addictive now that they know or not, they went, oh, this is nice. And then they went, can we have some more? My guy goes, well, it's only over there. So it's not something that they even said, you know what, let's plant some tobacco here. They automatically mm. said we can't grow it here, and they must have known. They must have so tried. Let's go they over there. No, I don't. I don't think they did. Mm. I don't think they did. I don't think they could come on. Let's believe if they didn't try it. If they tried, by now they would have got it right and go what soil it needs and sorted it out. I mean, a tomato grows here and it don't come from here. Mm. Come on, there's loads of things that grow here that don't come from here. Mm. All right, good. So what I'm saying is. <clears throat> He went back and he would go, all right, cool. Uh, can I have some more of that tobacco? Is there anything else? That, what about them for animals that you skin up? Can I have a couple of them? Cool. All right. So we want this for it. And again, what they were trading with them Native Americans was rubbish. That's the same way that they had traded with the African to get the slaves. It was giving them back to this man who got his statue pulled down. They were giving them copper pots in Africa for people in, from mm-hmm. Bristol. Copper pots were made in Bristol and they were part of the commodity that they needed to give with right. this Africa, African Indies, African, this one is called the African something, all right? That, that man whose statue got pulled down. Again, okay. can't remember it now. The World Africa core or something like that but it was african in the title and uh, they would make the pots out of shit metals predominantly copper in bristol this is the truth ollie saw a documentary 
and then they would get load up them with the ships that they're going the certain chiefs and everybody would want these parts and this is the other point that a lot of people need to understand that when it comes down to africans trade in africa first of all they've done that anyway well not trade but when they took on another tribe and defeated them the prisoners of war have to work in their camp now and plus they get their land that's the way it's been tribally unfortunately in africa but everybody was sorted with what area they got you get me mm. so <clears throat> when portuguese as well which is the first one went there talked to this man they was like why are you treating them man like that they went there our captives because we beat them in a war the other day so they go oh cool what do you want to do with them well you know what they're just going to work well my guy goes give me some of them i'll let them work with me on the ship or say okay cool so he gets five, I don't know, ten. Because originally with, 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 with Elizabeth I, she got ten Africans because of the said breader that I'm talking about. Not Francis Drake, the other one, going to Jamaica because he followed the Spanish ship. Because Span, uh, Spain owned Jamaica first, you see. And he followed the ship and he, and he goes like to the Spanish man, Wagua. And my guy goes, fuck, <laughs> go away. <laughs> It's got nothing to do with you. So my English guy goes, well, who are them guys over there, man? I've never seen them before. He goes, they're Africans. They're with us. He goes, I'll, give me, give me, give me, give me 10. Give me a few. Give me him. He goes, nah, you got to give me something. So he goes, all right, here's your emeralds. Here's your rubies. Here's your gold. Here's your whatever. I've got my 10. Brings them back. And Queen Elizabeth I, Filtered, up, filtered out each one of the black men to her court. And that's how in them days you always get a picture of them people with a black boy standing next to them in velvet doubloons and stuff. <laughs> okay? So, so that's what happened in terms of England coming to understand the African. The Portuguese knew about them already and their only intention was let's just take them out under these chief teams and take these men there to these places that we know is quite hot and we have problem working in it, but they're good for work anyway, so they'll be doing the work there. And that's how the reason that, that actually the slave trade tribes, like, and the Portuguese took them over to the East, uh, East Africa, sold them off in places of Arab places where they looked down on the black man already and that was it, because their Arab man had already conquered the Spains and the Portuguese, the Portuguese had gone over there for, because it was so large. So, that deals with some of the colonialism that went on. But I will have to emphasize that uh, when it comes down to the bison and the buffalo roaming the American plains, while they were doing that, the next move would be the move. And we have to understand, I think fast food came into America in 1950, right? And if you remember, it was like a beef burger, wasn't it? So beef patties, nothing to do with bread. I don't think nothing to do with onions was a thing that, like, put a prawn on the barbie for the Australians. A shrimp, it's yeah, like, yeah. It, it was regular Americans, to eat yeah, meat. Yeah, go on, go on. As, as, as regular it was to eat meat, what they needed to do, even in them days, just to even consumption for a man to go, I'm having a good meal, is maybe put a few more cows on that land where the bison and buffalo were, because a lot of people ain't eating buffalo meat and bison meat. <laughs> <laughs> so they put cows and then wiped out the bison and the buffalo and then wiped out the bull and God knows what else. Now, um, another documentary I saw, they showed a picture of the cows all on the grass eating. And they, the, man, the narrator said, this is how you picture cows to live, isn't it? 
and yeah. you hear everybody go, yeah, you know, and he goes, nope. And then he shows you a picture of where the cows in America live. No, oh, man, that breaks my soul. Have you seen it? Really? Makes my soul. Have you seen it? No bleed. grass. There's no grass. Dude, I drive every dust. time I drive to Los Angeles, I go past it, and it's just you can smell it from like five miles away, and then you just see and it. What is and these, they 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 live in misery and they die in misery. They have no oh. pleasure or happiness in their whole lives. Their calves they don't are taken see grass. off them. Calves are taken off them when mm. they're like literally straight after they're born. They're taken off them. If they have a, uh, I think it's, I think it's a, um, a, fa a male cow is of no real use. They just kill those if they have male babies. <laughs> Man, it's sick. Don't well, even take me down that, that rabbit hole. Yeah, well, you see what I mean? And even if we go and say what you just said, which is if we stop eating meat, blah, 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 I'm not saying that people would actually stop eating meat because of what we've just described. I would have to say that people would have to stop eating meat because the, the opposite of the Native American is like, I've had enough. <laughs> then we come back again to the one that you said about the march that says people are actually going, we'll have had enough. Do you understand? Mm. Yeah. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying about the mindset coupled along with this meat issue that we're discussing is that uh, 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 not even the change thing that we're discussing also but within the meat thing let me just say this uh, uh, america is making substitute meat now they make some fake meat or they make the meat impossible fake shit in it impossible they do, man. no 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 i'm saying it's called impossible <laughs> the brand is called impossible i've got some in my freezer right now talking about fake meat like that i'm talking about real meat but it's snide Oh, right. Yeah, Do you understand? Yeah, yeah well, full, yeah. Of, full of disease. It's, yeah, you're putting disease in your body because yeah, they're animals that have been miserable bad. and stressed out and anxious all of their lives That's are one fed thing, shite, fed you, loads of pesticides. I'm telling you, they're making meat out of, like, getting the genes of the spores and putting them together and then, like, yeah, yeah, the cartilage. cow is growing in a deep. Do they say 100% beef? But, yeah, it can be 100% beef. Like, uh, the, the toenail of a cow is beef. Technically, <laughs> isn't it? It's all beef, like the eyelashes, the bollocks, everything. It's all beef. But I have to come again now. Sorry to scare you, but a lot of uh, the slave's food is the food that the slave master would throw away. So he would do things mm. like, like oxtail stew, pig's mm. pig's tail right. stew, chicken foot soup. So you're saying that's where Cow. a lot of that cuisine comes from, from, you know, that sort of that, slave it's food. Totally that. It it's totally that. It's totally that. It's totally that. It's slave food that the slave master would have thrown away, especially in wow. somewhere like Jamaica. Wow. That's mad. You will take the, give the indigenous vegetable fruit called aki. That would mm -hmm. grow and they could have included that. But you see, even them sort of things, Ollie, in terms of uh, greed again, uh, uh, the food, and I would hope that you've seen a film called 12 Years a Slave, they would feed slaves with certain different food in certain areas, like the Jamaican slave, he was eating big food because that place grows so much of the stuff. Do you understand me? Back to Mr. Man going, can I grow tobacco in England? No, well, you can't. So even things like that, red food, all these things were taken from maybe, I don't know, Africa, given to the Indies because it's good slave food, and then I've seen them taking it over to the Polynesian islands and the man go, King Georgie, tell King Georgie, 
blue and thank him for the breadfruit because they brought breadfruit to the Polynesian man to get, I don't know, something from him. And the bread is long. But that, you see, I'm not going to go and say any species or anything of the human. <laughs> There's only one species of the human race anyway, but I have to say one denomination that's caused all this trouble. But basically, it's the European. And he yeah, has got this title so of green. He's got this title of greed, he's got this title of... But again, uh, you don't uh, want to put uh, European uh, in there too much, because, you know, like, there's lots of countries within Europe that have been oppressed through history as well. Cool, cool. I said it before. The Balkans, Irish, the Welsh, Bulgarians, the Celts. Romans. Oh, fucking hell, don't go there with the Irish, bro. Don't go there with the Irish. I say to Alessia... I don't think they've ever actually See, the problem tried to with them is they're I'm white the too. But same way Bono goes, Bono, Bono said we're, we're the blacks of Europe, you mm. see, right? And yeah, so that's that's the definition for the Irish with their white self. But if you talk and they keep up their, their culture, fuck it, you're the wrong guy. <laughs> and the same thing with black people. If you talk like that or you've got that mentality and you actually keep up that much of your culture, then you're the wrong guy because we try to beat that shit out of you. We even gave mm. you a new name, bruh. Do you know what I mean? Come on. Mm. Right. So that's what you've got to check. Everybody else, back to the Irish and everybody, I can still see an old Flaherty somewhere and an old Leary and a God knows what else. And you look and go, that's an Irish name. Yes, I am. That's my heritage. You get Proper me? nomads, the yeah. Irish. Well, you can say that, but the truth is, again, within America, that Cromwell took 15,000 of them, 15, 15,000 of them and put them in Barbados. Some other uh, 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 Irish was sent to Jamaica specifically and then some other Irish would have been maybe a, if you want a century before or 50 years before sent as indentured labourers for a crime that would have been a, I don't know they're living on their Irish land get off you know you didn't get off quick mm. enough right? you're going over to uh, Americas as an indentured labourer when you work the land for seven years or something like that you'll be free. Most of them did on, like Australia with the prisoners. Most of them didn't come back. They stayed in America. So mm. them ones there, them Irish man there, slightly losing that American, that Irish accent, they become American. And in the case of slavery, they become overseers. So they get a squeeze again in the same way that you have names like Pennsylvania after William Penn. And then you have them other people, what I'm called, not Quakers, what I'm called, and people, Amish, yep. yeah, coming from Hollands and God knows what else. Right. And everybody saying, look, let's come over here. And they've all gone over there. You know what I mean? But guess who's come over there under all completely different circumstances forever? Black man. Right. So <clears throat> if we can understand how the, no disrespect, a lot are answered for and the wrongs they've done and all this. And I'm not going to describe them as Europeans. And I'm not going to say white man because we both know who they are. And more time, the Spanish man don't look at himself like a white man. He says, I've seen some program where he, there's this guy, Spanish as tomorrow morning, curly hair, dark beard, everything they call him. They say, hey, white boy. <laughs> we say like, don't say European because we don't want to generalize. What we can generalize about, it's generally men and not women. That's what we can generalize about, isn't it? It's men mm. who cause all these problems. Most death. Very quickly, the Queen of Spain was a woman. She's only been 14. She's only 14, but she was the one who financed his moves. You get me? I think her name was 
Sofia or something like that of Spain. So when you say a woman is part of the problem, has never been part of the problem, Elizabeth I was a woman, even though she was whatever she was. But I'm saying that even if it comes down to woman in power, some of the early people, women of power, such as Candice and Yara Sanchua from, again, Africa, right? Queen Khalifa. There were uh, leaders of Khalifa. Which you sent me the message about the other day. Oh, yeah, the California. Yeah, Yeah. the Black Queen of California. Well, they do say that she's fictitious. Mm. If you listen to it properly, they say that some other conquistador guy like reading romantic novels and she came across and being the romantic novel. This turning point, Corona included, was very in- quick insert. Babylon, the powers that be, said there's too many people on the planet. So they've got to think of a way to get rid of the many people. And you can't think of a better way than what they're dealing with, see? Then again, uh, I'm not talking nothing about Elon wanting to put up the satellites, but the, the 5G and people saying how bad that is for the physiological, the physical self and all this. What so do you think about that? When we were going, well, this is the same thing I'm saying with what we call progress, or that's not progress, and what we was also saying about the image that has been per- per- perpetrated of the future from a certain time. Like in 1940, they weren't thinking in 1939, George Orwell, they weren't thinking of when he, when, when did he, what time did he set, uh, uh, at, not Animal Farm, 1994, 1994 with John Hurt. 84, yeah. 84, he said, 84. He said, he said, 1980, and that was yeah. written in what, what, 19 what? Uh, 40, when he wrote no, that, 1920? I, I, I don't think, I think it was later than that, but, but yeah, it, it was, it was no, very prophetic. No, it was later, uh, it was either 20s or, or and overhand what I said at the beginning, how a man got killed for showing his prophetic in a film, not a book, um, um, about the future of the world. It was written in 1949. That's I'm a big fan of George Orwell. That's cool. Well, that is, that, that, is, that is quite late, isn't it? In terms of like the war going on, fascism of the 30s and money yeah. of the 20s, no money, all them things. And he's still was able to come up with what he came up with and whether or not the powers that be which i doubt we're looking at looking at that as a model right what happened we got the big brother we got everything that the yep. man prophesized really yeah you know what i'm saying so yep. it, one image that i have of the 60s right that i think is the major uh, one that they wanted to project is like the barbarella you know star trek even with them sort of clothes that they used to wear, the boots, the flares, trousers, up in chin, <laughs> Barbarella in a silver cat suit, you know what I mean? And again, even in them days, you remember what a computer looked like? It looked like a wall, big reels, <laughs> loads of buttons to press, you know, mm. exactly. And then, yeah. So have to put honesty, coal in it, keep it going. Back, <laughs> two little men rubbing sticks. <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's like, uh, even that now, right? It's like we, within the perception, they've made it their goal. So, but I've gathered the American again when they defeated the Japanese, who was now 
do, what do you want us to do with all of our, you know, we had a bit of power, we had a bit of knowledge, what do you want us to do? Well, I'll tell you what we want you to do is advance technologically. So, I don't know, play around with that big thing on the wall and try and put it in a suitcase. Not a suitcase, a briefcase. That was the first one, supposedly, and they'd done that in 1950, long time, simultaneously with what we would see is the colour television. Because we know that the television was created by Mr. Logie Baird, but I think that the British fell off and they had nothing to do with the colour one. <laughs> do you understand mm. what I'm saying? So, not even in progress, but not even in progress necessarily, but in perception of progress. All right, let's look at what happened in terms of the Japanese car market. This is 1910. Uh, uh, prior to that, and a lot of people don't know, because I know you don't, the Japanese, Jap 1910, no, we're allowed a 1910 because this was before <laughs> the Second World War. So after that, this came. So 1910, right? I think his name is um, um, Yakimoto. And I think he owns either Yamaha or Suzuki uh, Motor Company. I think it might be Suzuki. It might even be Suzuki. He came to America in 1910 and he saw in New York a lot of Model T Fords. So he went, shit, what's this? My guy goes, American car, company, American car. Everybody's in them now. It's the way that we move around. Don't do with horses no more. This guy was a sewing machine manufacturer. He went back to Japan, made a bigger sewing machine, basically. So it's a kind of an electric car, but he obviously is using petrol because that's what people did. Not to mention that Henry Ford took all of his ideas from a black man who who uh, 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 enhanced his assembly line. Who was this guy he took all his ideas from? Yeah, Henry Ford. Who? Who, who did Henry Ford take all his ideas from? I can't remember his name. Or oh, you can't say something like that and say, I can't done. remember his I name. I think what he's done. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. He was using peanut oil as the fuel for his car. And he had made, he had made a few of his cars no, the black man. The black yeah. man had made a few of his cars and he was running them on peanut oil, right? And for that, all that, uh, Henry Ford, being a white man as well, said basically, just chill and got powers to be, look, just chill, bro. When, you know, don't do with this idea. Don't even think about making a car, making money and making a car company. So with all of his intelligence, he explained that Henry Ford, this one component, it was like a screw. He was having to go to another manufacturer to get that screw. So this man was showing him, make it yourself and then get an assembly line for things to be assembled and be put into the car at the end. And that's what revolutionized uh, Ford. Allow me. Anyway, <clears throat> again, back to the history all covered up. That's just one thing. Got enough, got the, got, got the, got the whole uh, geographical plan of uh, Washington and uh, the White House, created by David Banneker, who made the first wooden clock, first form of irrigation. So again, Robert E. Lee statues, and my guy in his statue pulled down in Bristol, on the real, Christopher Columbus even, because that guy's a liar, that's the whole point. As Burning Spear going, you can get this on YouTube, Burning Spear, Christopher Columbus. And it goes, Christopher Columbus is a damn blasted liar. What about the people that were there before him? So that's the answer on Christopher, right? And when they're ready, 
with with the Italians who do not complain about, you know, Mussolini, all the other bad things that they and and go and say he's a fucking Italian man. What's wrong with you? He's a fucking he's a fucking joker. Mm. Right, so louder. George um, Washington Carver was he the he was Carver was one of the first African Americans to be a professor at a university. He was one of the first African American students of agriculture. Uh, Carver was most known for his improvements he made for agriculture and his experiments with peanuts. That's right. That's that, that's not the guy who made the car. No, no, that's not the guy who made the car. Washington Carver developed over and a sweet potato and a numerous other things. He developed so many things. He developed here, over Carver and automaker Henry Ford quickly struck up a friendship. Okay. Okay. Well done. It is him there. It might be him in terms of something to do with the peanut oil, but the man... It sounds like there's too many links. There's too many links. He's mates with Henry Ford. He was like one of the pioneers of, of peanuts to use as fuel. I mean, come on. Yeah, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. But I'm just saying, again, back to history and that, nobody knows. You understand? It's not so, like, yeah, it's not like, it's not like celebrated mainstream history. It's brushed under no, the carpet. <laughs> History written by the winners. And I, and I have to say again, the light bulb, we always go Thomas Edison, but it weren't him. It was a black man who created the filament. And mm. that's, the, that's the sort of thing. You see, all them kind of things, going back to, I have to say, slavery, when they said that certain men can't read and write. I mean, these people were coming out of slavery and just with a little glimpse of read and write or a little bit, bit of their own integrity. They come out mm. with things that are beneficial to everybody. Mm. And most, most of all, well, whatever they're dealing with is just that. It's beneficial to everybody. It's like more than 10 people will benefit from what it is they've created. That's even more of a heritage. Not that's how we all need to be, isn't it? We need to, but that's, again, that comes down to greed and selfishness and then the opposite, altruism. But, you know, be, do, uh, what did you say? Do, creating things for other people. Yeah. We don't do enough that. of that, do we? We don't do enough of it as people, as humankind. We don't all have, we don't all feel this massive urge to do that. It's much more about conserving what you've got, accruing more stuff yourself. Do you know what I mean? That's how, that's we, how we seem to earlier. be conditioned. That's how... And I don't know if it's because of what you said about the Second World War, but I know, and you can check this, because you, you know, because would you respect your parents and a little bit younger grandparents, is that when <clears throat> if everybody in the war, for what I gather, especially in Europe, had this kind of like, we ain't got that no more. No, we don't have that no more. Let's do this. It'll make do. Let's make that. It'll make do. And I don't know, powdered egg. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but they had so many things that were deprived of them in the war. And it went into the 50s too, when I'm telling you that they invited people, which was then of the empire and empire, to come over to England. I've, got, I've read this book, well, I had a clip of this book when I was working at the shop, written by an Irish girl who had gone to somewhere like Harvard in America to get whatever degree she's got. Still, she wrote this book. And the book is describing Portobello Road in the 60s, 50s, 60s. And she says there are Cypriots, Maltese, West Indians. Uh, maybe she chips it off and goes Trinidadians, Jamaicans and chips it off. Uh, Portuguese. Maybe a couple Spanish. 
Irish, of course, inside the Portobello area, all like chipping away and going, oh, this is, well, this is our spot and this is our spot. We played some music here. And again, even out of that right, while I mentioned somewhere like Portobello Road, and again, going back to the Irish, with the Irish in London, no one don't know you're Irish until you talk. Look at Oscar Wilde. You get me? Mm. He'll speak like that and one won't know that he's Irish. And God knows he is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I've seen many a clip of, of Oscar Wilde and they go, Oscar Wilde said this in Blah Blah Gentleman's Club, right? Talking to Blah Blah. And then they got one of his quotes there. And you think something like, um, uh, something like, uh, I like nothing because nothing is what makes me be intelligent or something silly, something profound, but dumb. Like, because you're saying it in these circles, these words are now been immortalized coming out of you who last week or the week before man was trodden over your father's land and saying, this is for the crown. You've got to judge that again with Ireland. It was just there. And for as long as it's been there, Englishman has gone in there and gone, look, we're stronger than you. There's more of us. Give in. And they go, nah, we won't. We've done it in Scotland. Give in. Oh, God, all right, all right. After fighting, fighting, fighting. And what is the fight? What is the argument? Can we keep our culture, please? And the other people go, no, you can't. <laughs> you know? And again, that no, you can't. Back to the Spanish. And again, I have to include the Romans. Because one of the Romans moves was whenever they conquered anywhere they'd let the people they conquered keep doing what they were doing you get me but just in case you need any backup we've got this roman thing going on you get me god of this god of that just want you to know you don't have to do it but just in case <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean it'd be helpful like this language that we're speaking latin just saying some of you dignitaries because we're running things right now because if you learn that language because we could have chats all day long but if you keep chatting in your language well and you lot know what's going on and we won't so that'll be a bad move on your behalf it gets worse yeah. <clears throat> so you know again even if we talk about uh, uh, i have to say the spanish because i'm watching this thing called the queen and the conqueror uh, on Netflix and it's showing you this Indian girl who's being dragged all over the place with this Spanish man and long team and these Spanish people are coming to these places like Guatemala, Chile, Peru, whatever you want to call them, just going, hi, how you doing? Where's the gold? <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact I've even done that too fast for myself. Let me say again. Hi, how you doing? Where's the gold? <laughs> but you know it's interesting like and that's one of the things about living in different countries is that your understanding of what is right and what is wrong really broadens and you realize that something that you steadfastly thought to be true from living in one country can feel completely untrue or wrong in another country and um interesting with racism and america because um you know i i think of a uk as a very multicultural place loads of racism going on, of course and lots of people having conversations about it like open conversations about what is racism you know how do we move forward with it how do we understand it better how do we coexist you know harmoniously in america there are such 
painful divides with the whole with racial tensions and the issues of race that I have found and it's been really uncomfortable for both me and Dee because we've both found that you just don't really talk about it here mm. and it's really sad because it means that our understanding of racial tensions and racism isn't growing because we are just it's taboo in America. America has got these little categorization these pockets of people you know if a man tells you like that most people think that he's a redneck or whatever. You know what I mean? And you don't know nothing. So there's a lot of racism already de 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 delivered to certain people, you know. But that's the point that we're actually saying here. Race. There's only one race. And if it's going to be denoted by, I don't know what, curly hair, colour of skin, whatever you want to yeah. call it, like they're going to go, you're a lesser person. That's another thing, you see. This man mentions that uh, on a video that in the American Constitution, which is part of that democratic thing that I was talking to you about, it mentions one of them amendments, I don't know, that the Democratic Party were forcing some bill in the Constitution that said a um, black man is four fifths of a human. Where's that? Who said that? All right, let me go back. The Democratic Party, as I said, they were of, created... Of America. But they were created by some group of people who was watching all of the black people become Republican representatives. To oppose the black people getting so much places of power, they said, let us create this Democratic Party. I'd go further. They started to beat up the Republican man them and say, you better turn to be Democrat or don't be the Republican one no more. And slowly but surely, that Republican man would tell all of his voters to vote Democrat because he don't want to get beaten up and killed. And that was what it was. And I have to say as well that the evolution of the Ku Klux Klan was created by the Democratic Party at this time. And this guy shows you a picture of the skull and crossbones on the back of a, of a drawing where they're about to lynch a Republican representative. So, so exactly. So, firstly, let me go back again. The Democratic Party was created by white people to knock off the black people who was in power being Republican in their mind and thoughts, which in, in, in our definition would be conservative, which is very self-independent, which is self-this, and you know how it goes. So the Democratic Party made it more like a dependently thing, like those who cannot get to the Republican level, we've created this thing so that you can chill with this one, but believe, as I've just told you, it was created by white people for that purpose. You understand? Mm. who actually were not up to the standard of the Republican black representatives, <coughs> mentally, physically, and any other Lee. They were not up to the standard, so they were vexed that they were getting into power as well, that they said, we've got to stop this, let us create our own, <coughs> with, their, with their same, what do we call it, uh, racist mind. There you go. And that's how mm -hmm. you get the Democratic Party. Party, that's how you get the Republicans. That's how you get the, the lot of black people in America voting Democrats. So we go again now, bearing in mind it's all fueled by rich 
rich, nowadays rich or not so rich uh, 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 people, the Democratic Party, is how come it will border on to the black vote, which over numerous years they've been restricted from voting by, I don't know, not having a birth certificate. No, loads of things. Okay, so we we'll say it again. I personally think that what happens in what's happened in America, and this is again because they've gone, come over here. There's lots going on <laughs> to everybody. That every pocket has stayed by itself. You get me? Not ghetto, but stayed by itself. So the Polish man, Jew, stayed by himself. The fucking Irish man stayed by himself. Uh, who else we got? The Italian stayed by himself. And if we get it like that, we see that certain places are not inhabited by certain nationalities. Mm. Isn't that true with America? Not real. And maybe not that's, real again, that's just human nature. We're, we're quite tribal and we stick in our, we stay with our clans. You say that, but the real reason is because within it being human nature, the Spanish man's going to eat food, Spanish man. Mexican man, I'm going to go Spanish because he's not Spanish over there. The Mexican kind of guy or whatever, Hispanic, he is going to be eating food that is representative, not of Spain, but of his region. Beans, chalada, tipijaba. Yeah. That ain't coming from Spain. That ain't coming from Spain. That's coming from his region and the peoples that were there from before. Mm. So now we come back again and we go, you remember we were trying to kill you? We didn't want you to stay within your culture. Well, now we respect it, but just do it. Do it soft. <laughs> don't push it. You know what I mean? Don't go too hard with it. Don't, you know. But you can have it. You know, you're talking about. Other. It's a great. It's good that you're talking about Mexican food, there, because Mexican food is a classic example of something which makes the world better for everyone, isn't it? It's it's a beautiful celebration of another right. culture which everybody loves. Every food from every Indo every place is good, man. Yeah, except England. Jelly deals, jelly deals. And the way that people <laughs> in the East End, listen to me, the God. people in the East End used to go to a part of the Thames, right, where all the eels, now, as food goes, I wouldn't want to eat an eel on a good day. But, but these people are starving. Like I said to you, well, I didn't say it to you before, I said it to my other friend, I, Irish moss, have you ever heard of that? No. Okay. Irish moss is used in ice cream. Its Latin name is carrageegan. And it's a thick, gloopy stuff, yeah? And they use it to bind things. Well, the like an emulsifier. If you like, but much more healthy. What happened was, when the Irish were taken to Jamaica, them find the same thing that made them have to leave Ireland, which was potato famines and numerous other things. Um, Cross of Cromwell, everything, whatever. And and uh, the only food that they could eat would be seaweed. Now, do you know how much minerals and nutrients are in seaweed? Amigos. There you go. There you go. Think about people having nothing, nothing, that they see the seaweed and they go, look, man, let's try a thing. Well, it's not edible now. Let's boil it. All right, cool. Drink it. It's not nice. Put it up, whatever. And it's called Irish moss, out of survival, right? So back to food. Um, um, and again, it comes out of Jamaica, not out of Ireland, to be called Irish moss. <laughs> here's, here's another one. Listen to this. Here's another one. You see the potato in Jamaica. The potato Why is Guinness like so English. popular in Jamaica? It's also popular in Nigeria because, you know, they've got a, a, a distillery there and it's called Nigerian Guinness. How is it? Did it get out there? But you've never the, tasted uh, the, it, have you? The, 
did it get there from the said Irish contingents uh, <coughs> going out to these different countries, like you said? Is that why it's big in certain parts yes, of the world? Or do people just like it in certain parts of the world? No, no, but Guinness is what it is. It is a manufactured in Ireland product and da 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 da, and they've just left every. All right, here's a good one. You see Cadbury's chocolate, drinking chocolate, yeah? Yeah. Ollie, yeah, Cadbury's, he was a missionary and he went to Jamaica or Barbados and he saw the way that the indigenous people would get the coca and grate it into milk and put nutmeg in it and make a nice, mm. nice drink. You get me? Oh, yeah, you could taste how nice it is, yeah? Because it's so bitter, well, isn't it, coca? Yeah, but once you put a bit of milk and the sugar and the nutmeg, uh, come on, man, it come like cake, liquid cake, <laughs> right? <laughs> so my guy saw all that. He took it over, brought it over to England. Do you know that Cadbury's created his own village called Bourneville? Ah, it's in Birmingham. It's in yeah, Birmingham. they've got a chocolate, Bourneville Dark, haven't they? Yes, of course, but you can Google that, mate. You can Google that. So let's look, let's elaborate on that and go, just like the tobacco that Francis found, he's going to go, you know what? I've got to lock down this coca move because, boy, it's really kicking off over in England. Because what he did was he sold it to the Quaker community as a bedtime drink. And then, as I just said, he created a village called Bourneville for the workers in his factory. Wow. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> It's incredible. Come on, our money make money. So you know, mm. again, talking about slavery or racial this and racial that, they've given us, they've given out the pecking order, and they? they've gone right black. You're at the bottom. Anybody up in gradients of color, not Darwinism, just done it. Anybody up in gradients of color is more intelligent and more inclined to survive and get on. But you at the bottom, you're at the bottom, and they've mm. said that. So in most cases. That is the problem when I can mention historical things like I mentioned. You could give them, have given that, you can give them that now and let everybody walk tall with whatever historical uh, notion and, 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 and truth you have from your country. And it ain't food. It ain't beans and echeladas. You know what I mean? The reality of that surviving is the reality of the culture that was there before whoever you're saying you are, you are. <laughs> That was a good one. Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask, Ross, so basically, you know, so just, 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 to, I want to like talk about something slightly different now for a second. Well, we, you know, because America's so conservative, as we said, in, in so many ways. It's a wonderful country in so many ways. I, you know, there's so many things I love about it, particularly California. And, and in other ways, it's incredibly progressive. Like you look at marijuana, for example. Now, marijuana, it pretty much illegal all over the world. Few countries is de decriminalized. I, don't, I know they're having a conversation in Britain about it, but in America, in California, it's not just decriminalized, it's legal. And it, it seems, you know, I think a lot of people were expecting, a lot of conservative people were expecting some kind of zombie nation to break out as soon as, you know, we became, <laughs> we became legal in America. But it turns out, you know, it's all pretty cool. Everything's as is, but people just have extra choice in their life now. What do you, what's your take on, because I know you've been an advocate of marijuana in the past. What, what's, what's your take on this marijuana is my take. versus... This is my take. No, but this listen, my, let, let, let me ask the take. question first. You haven't even asked the question. What's your take, <laughs> what's your take on marijuana versus alcohol and why alcohol has always been the, the you know, drug 
of choice, the, the legal drug of choice, socially acceptable, whereas weed has always been socially unacceptable. What are the roots of that as far as you're concerned? Well, again, with the cigarette, that could be included as the legal drug as well. So, um, True. Another one that's terrible for you. Uh, uh, here it comes, here it comes. The alcohol, remember them Native Americans we mentioned? Well, I'm not saying that alcohol has not been around for centuries and everybody's got a way of doing it because it's fermented anything, you know what I'm saying? So we had the Egyptians with mead, they had fermented honey, let it stay, yeah, it can be alcoholic. Uh, the uh, Britons, Henry VIII, mead, again, fermented honey, has transisted through the centuries to see to be their little anecdote. Uh, was go sideways, and then there was people who was crushing the grapes, and they were making wine at the same time. Yeah. So when it comes down to alcohol, even when we say those ancient times, we have to understand. Herb was there same way because they say that it grew on King Solomon's grave. So why did that grow on King Solomon's grave? Okay. Herb was there in the same way, but I have to think that it was much more sacred than the alcohol, just like I've explained it with the Native Americans and Drake, okay? It's more sacred than that. So What's no more sacred? What, the herb. It's more sacred every, than alcohol. Yeah, but everybody had in the alcohol. In his estimations. Some, all right, here it is, here it is. Everybody had the alcohol. Everybody in all indigenous peoples from creation had alcohol, where you fermented something and it produced an alcohol. Ferment anything. I mean, the Irish had pachine with the potatoes. The mm. same people, the Russian people, have got the same potato move going on, and they okay. potatoes and make them. Right? Okay. So you hear what I'm saying with fermentation? Yeah. I said already yep. the Egyptians with honey. Okay. So I'm going to explain again that the alcohol has always been there. I'm not saying that the herb has not always been there because they say it was grown on King Solomon's grave. So that might be far back enough to know, say, that it's being used. Plus, there's much identification to it to the, in the eyeball. But again, what I'm saying is it's more sacred than all of this. Do you understand? It's more sacred than, than the creation of alcohol. According right, to who? Sacred means like religion of God. Okay, okay. Like, according to who? Listen, according to the ancients of everywhere. Right. What? According weed is. To the according ancients. to the ancients of everywhere. Weed is more sacred. Yeah. Hear, hear, hear me again. Alcohol would have been there all the time from creation too. Ferment anything, you're going to get alcohol. Mm. Even a fucking elephant does that when he puts apples up his nose. And Don't isn't worry, it? Man. Isn't fermentation um, a way of preserving stuff as well? Well, yeah, but that wouldn't be the goal when they've left mm. something for too long and gone, I wonder what it tastes like, apple cider. I wonder what it tastes like, pot potatoes. God all that might know. And I didn't finish on the potato story before with uh, things, so we'll have, we'll have to get back to that. Yeah, but we're talking but about reality, weed now. All right. Well, you see, you've got to go slowly and not be conducting the conversation as much as you <laughs> three hours Not the orator, not the narrator, but... You know what I mean? You got to go with the flow. Everything's everything's got a relevance. Yeah. Right. So here we go again. The herb would have been just more sacred, no matter where it came from, no matter who would have worked out that this is as good as the fermented rare rare. You understand? From beginning of time, and that's the other point that we have to mention. Why 
is this thing consistent with man from the beginning of time? Also, while I mentioned the Dutch earlier, the Dutch, everywhere they went, that herb was going to was, would, would be, they stayed. <laughs> really? Yes, I. Well, they loved it. Look at the native. I believe. Look at Amsterdam now. Come on. Yeah. Right. But you in know, way, but, but, you, but you say that. But I, as you know, I lived in Amsterdam and for two years, and yeah. most most yeah. native people do not like the weed thing at all. I don't know any Dutch people who smoked weed. I don't think. Um, all right. the you know, they saw it as like foreign, right. like you know, a necessary evil. The history of tourism. The history of Amsterdam is meant to be a couple of Americans from California went over there and lived there in the 60s with your uh, take me to San Francisco kind of flowers in your hair head. And um, they planted a little bit of Californian herb and they grew it and then it went off from there. The going oh. off from there, listen to me please, the going off from there is what I said, which is that Ironically, this is my own deduction, that wherever the Dutch went, where Herb was, they stayed South Africa, they stayed the North America, they stayed. Do you think that's you why? Get me? They didn't get... Indonesia. Huh? They went to Indonesia. Uh, the Dutch went to Indonesia They're... as well, didn't they? Is there any weed there? Don't think so. Herb there. Yeah, there's Herb there. Is there? Of course there is. They used to call it Indian hemp. What's wrong with you? <laughs> where does the term Indo come from? Indian. Indo. Okay. Right? So it might be and Indonesia. the Nisa. Indonesia is of Asia because it's in the middle of India and, uh, you know, mm. China's kind of, yeah. Yeah, no, but I was talking about the term which is used for weed. It's Indo, isn't it? Isn't there a term for weed which is Indo? Indica. Right. Indica, oh, endo. right. And Endo. In, the, in LA, they call it Endo. So what, what does that mean? Where does that come from? It's herb. It's just, come on. It's just the real, the real scientific name is Indica. Yeah. And they might be giving it that endo abbreviation. Right. You get me? Okay. So here we go again. But you know, like, okay, Ultimately. can I just say, can I just say something? Can I just say something? Okay. So basically just to try and like frame the question again, you know, booze. Okay. What you're saying is always been there. Okay. So it's part of our culture, part of our history, part of our tradition. But you know, over time, humankind, they tend to get rid of things which don't work so well. And they keep things that do work well, you know? So something like alcohol, for example, I, I can easily understand why that might go by the wayside because it doesn't, it makes you feel bad. It's got no nutrition. It's, you know, it, it, and so they, they were, you could easily see why that might get marginalized over time and why something like weed, marijuana, for example, might proliferate because it doesn't seemingly have any really negative effects on you at the time or afterwards. Indeed, it's got lots of medical qualities apparently medicinal qualities so what i'm saying is like you know in through human history we evolve and we get more sophisticated and civilized inverted commas and we discard the things that aren't so good for us like saturated fat and we keep the things which are which is why i'm asking you know why has alcohol endured when it's it causes violence it causes so much friction between people it, it's it, it you know it doesn't have a particularly harmonious or peaceful effect on the body Whereas we does have all those positive associations, but it's still seen as a social pariah, isn't it? It's not socially acceptable around the world. I've got to say this very quickly. 
I'm a bit of a history head, so I'm going to just mention prohibition and uh, not using yeah. of alcohol there. there. Yeah. On the subject of what you said, makes you angry, not good for you, right? And you saw mm. what happened out of prohibition. Enough money right. was made because people, people still wanted it. And in fact, they wanted it more when it was prohibited. Yeah, okay. human nature, isn't it? You want what you can't have. Okay, so, so, so let, let's not get twisted. Believe they were taking heroin and burning herb in 1930s when that drink move was going on you understand but i have to say again because of not even propaganda and not even because of the people who knew and they were burning there no disrespect to black people but they were burning herb in fucking harlem and shit when they were doing what they were doing come on man and of course because there's other people around making money out of heroin billy holiday and all them people that the heroin even got in there they bypassed charlie them days funny that and hey oh gosh where the okay so they went straight to heroin okay then we got 1970s with tony montana and we've got the cocaine coming up and all that stuff just let's overstand all them things do as bad as alcohol really yeah and mm. in fact worse yeah but yeah and yet, but on a similar level in terms of social ills as alcohol, right? Alcohol causes so many deaths, causes so many social ills, yet it is heralded, uh, which is completely the opposite to weed, which is still socially unacceptable in most places. I'm going to come again. For the longest time, within that socially unaccessible, and Mr. Francis Drake get given the brown tobacco instead of the herb, they have not really had a true mantle on it. They've not had a true hold on it. Even if it has been uh, good and in, in, inspiring, they've not had a true hold on it. Now, bear in mind, I said for Francis Drake had the, the real ting, but he brought back the brown ting. What I'm saying is, even in them days, certain people would be burning the herb. And he would have come back and said, remember, this is 15th century England. Did the world start in the 15th century? No. Did Christopher discover the fucking West Indies? No, they were there already. So I'm going to tell you, life did not start in the 15th century. So for them to be able to grab up them things, which is actually the European, I have to say that that Native American in the Americas was burning the herb on specific days. Come again as a, as a, as a, as a ritual. Drinking coffee comes from Ethiopia. And they do it on certain days for certain reasons. They don't drink it every day from Costa. Are you feeling me? Mm-hmm. Special occasions. And what I'm saying is special occasions and also greedy, greedy man. Because greedy man is the one. And I hear what I'm saying when I said that she got the 10 black man from Jamaica, from the Spanish for exchanging them for emeralds and brought them back and gave each one to a, a court as a, aid servant not, not even a servant just like look what you've got this exotic creature and i'm telling you that the herb sit down play dodgy music which i've done a documentary on the music that was made for queen elizabeth's court was made by a man called thomas tallis he's a black man too and he made all these hymns that we sing now and certain mm. things and all this in the fifth and fifth quarter and all that sort of musician talk. You get me? Right. Now, that's another thing. He was as credible as these 10 black men that come over with the ship for just prize, you know? Mm. That after time, and it's longer than the 10 that come, this man aspires to be the musician in a court. You see, um, how can I say? First of all, let's say that's another influence of black man. I'm not going to say that he was burning herb. 
I'm not going to say that the 10 were burning over in Africa or Jamaica for the five minutes that they were there. I'm saying to you that certain people were doing it and then certain other people got hold of it and goes, this is nice. And they, I'm not saying they didn't value it as sacred, but they knew that it was not like do it every day. And they also knew that accessibility was not at their disposal. Now, I'm going to give you a really quick example, and I'm going to talk as softly as I can. I bought a crate of Maggie's, yeah, Magnum, yeah? Mm-hmm. Holly? She's alcoholic, I bought right? a crate. You know my Magnum, my red drink. I do, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what booze is in yeah. there, though. Like, it's like a 4% yeah. alcohol drink or something, isn't it? No, it's not 4 it's 14%, right? Wow, anyway. you never told me that. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. All right, cool. So well, Larry, when you used to come cut a long story night. short, right? Cut a long story short. The turkey man, who I mentioned on the shop, made a, a, a sincere or insincere joke with me during the shutdown that said the government are saying we cannot sell alcohol uh, after nine o'clock or something. 29th of March, he said that. I said, when's that? I didn't hear that. He goes, yeah, it's going to be implemented. 29th of March at midnight. I went, well, it's... 29th of March now, so okay. Surely cool. it'll be 29th of March at nine o'clock. I'll be cool. And he went, yeah, all right, cool. All right, here the play, here the play. So I went, all right. I went, all right, cool. From that day, I found a place in Tottenham that sells it wholesale. So I buy a box of the shit, 24 fucking bottles. I don't go to his shop no more unless I want to. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm. Now, what I'm explaining by that is. It's like, don't make a joke out of me because I've got the commodities and the intelligence to go one above you, no matter what it is you're dealing with. So even in that respect, for the consumption of alcohol, there was still a way that I can get round it and like prohibition, and I get it, right? And I get it in a way that I get the 24 bottles. I don't have to go to his shop every other day, every day, whenever I want it. I don't have to go to his shop. Do you understand? Okay. Now... Bear that in mind with Sir Francis. So what you're saying is if you really want it, you'll go somewhere else. And that's what people did with alcohol. If you want, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that people take the piss and everybody wants to rule and own everything, okay? He wants to rule my consumption of the Maggie with this silly joke. And the joke has backfired because I've showed him, look, I'm going to go one better than you and get it myself. <laughs> that's just the, that's just that, I'm telling you. But I'm saying to you, Sir Francis, he would have done the same thing because the, the Indians would have showed him that the thing is not the thing that he wants. He would want the herb. They would have given him the herb as the peace pipe. What is this? What about them times there in the 15th century when you see these people with these long pipes? They didn't fucking know what that was before. They really didn't. And then if you go to any Indians, know any picture of you see some Indians, they're sitting down having a little puff. Okay, so I'm going to say it again. And what about them people in Southern Americas who blow the thing up their nose? Might be Charlie, I don't know, but they blow it up their nose, have a little dream, all lucigenic, everything's nice. These things have been going on. They know what is what and what isn't. Cleopatra got bitten by a snake to kill herself. Oh, I know what snake kills me. All I'm saying is people know what's going on, right? So I'm going to say again, alcohol has been there from creation, okay? People have been educated, if you like, 
it's not never been illegal apart from prohibition. People have been educated that you drink this, uh, it makes you feel a bit relaxed. And if you don't drink too much of it, you can be cool with just relaxed. And what we've found, just like dogs, people breed dogs, there's people who drink certain alcohols and it makes them feel a certain way. Am I right? Because hmm. I know if I drink whiskey, I get angry. I get aggressive. Yeah, I can't remember Don't know why. drinking whiskey. But yeah, red wine chills you out, you know, like a more sparkling white wine will there give you, you the high. Okay, champagne, you know, everybody's got their thing. And you even up, if yeah. we go even if we go and call it all these different names and it's got all these different qualities, I think that that is justified in its price. In this world where they've gone and said, you are allowed to do this. Nothing to do with what you're saying is going to mash you up because the tobacco that they had in every 1930s film would mash you up too. But everybody had a cigarette in their hand right up to the 1950s, 60s even. Excuse me? Hmm. All right, we're not talking PR now, we're just talking that is what they've done. And it became PR because everybody wanted to look like the actors and the actresses and they'll have one in their hand talking to you. Yeah? Hmm. Okay. So all I'm going to say is, again, as an instruction in time, is the 50s when they made that film Reefer Madness and Robert Mitchum, TV uh, film star, was burning it all the while. They kept saying to him, not burning a fucking herb, it's making you a this guy on set or a that guy on set or whatever it was that they were saying it, he was a product of. And maybe what he might have been, is he might have been very relaxed on set and I don't think forgot his lines, I don't think forgot his words, I don't think forgot to act. I think he was able to do that, but everybody knew that he was burning. So they were like Robert Mitchum burns, but yet at the same time, a film like Reefer Madness comes out. You heard Reefer Madness, you've seen that? Of course. Right, as Cheech much as you've Chow. seen it. No. Oh, you're talking about the original no. one. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know. A it's black and white, right? Film. Yeah. <clears throat> a, a 1950s film when they saw Tommy sitting on his chair. Look that's at Tommy right. now. Tommy yeah. is normal. Yeah. And then Tommy, Tommy has now. Yeah, that's a classic example of Tommy making now. it socially unacceptable with a show. Well, we've got to check that. But that, that that was a time, yeah. Well, let's just judge that prohibition when they said that they knew what was going on with alcohol. And we're going to deal with this from this American perspective because no one else had this prohibition. We're going to deal with this prohibition under the terms of the fact that we're seeing too many people, how can I say, being drunk. And uh, there is detrimental sides to that. And we just want to have a better society. I just want to emphasize that Britain done the same sort of ethnic cleansing, not through alcohol, but through uh, undesirables in the 18th century, which is how come they actually ended up down to Australia? Just right. It was to get the, the, the streets of England clean, right. any undesirable. Yep. Yes, right. So no thief, no beggars, no disabled, no nobody. Off you go. You stole, didn't you? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You're gone. Seven years. And like I said before, most of these indentured labourers, especially uh, not prisoners of Australia, but indentured labourers, would more than likely not be able to come back to their country. So here we go again with the drinking. If I'm always going to be drinking Irish whiskey made from whatever Irish whiskey is made from, and now I'm in fucking in America and I can't get my Irish whiskey. I'm going to learn how to make Irish whiskey. Oh shit, now we've got Jack Daniels whiskey. Do you understand mm. how that's called sour mash and whatever it is? So 
I'm going to come again. The, the alcohol has always been there and there's always been a legal desire for it to be uh, uh, had. You know what I mean? We're watching something called The Last Kingdom. It's set in King Alfred times. No matter where they go, them and the Danes, where's the ale? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. They didn't go where's the herb because Danes and the Englishman did not know about herb. <laughs> mm. Otherwise they'd have been all over it. <laughs> well, we're not gonna we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. But in the same Do you think that do you think that eventually it will become socially acceptable? My man in North America, South America. Might now check it, check it. Yes, because I haven't finished. We're moving in that direction. While I've been saying but while I am saying what I'm saying, you've asked me another question. You asked me another question, and the wholehearted reason why Babylon have got involved with this is because Yes, it is good, and people know it, and they want the money from lucrative. People. Yeah, simple, simple, massive really. business. You know, mm. I've heard, heard, I've heard that the herb that these people—it's an essential business in America. You know, it's been stayed open as an essential business now. You know, Elon Musk made the point on Twitter the other day. Elon, oh Elon my Musk God! Yeah, the, Elon Musk made the point on Twitter the other day. He said, "How come?" It's um, her marijuana weed is now seen as an essential business during lockdown, but there are still people locked up in America for having sold weed in the past. Yeah, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Crazy. That's your that's your antihero. He, that's your your nemesis, Elon Musk. You said that, and he said, "I'm just oh, saying." I don't mind you. Listen, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's what he said. I just do the saying. just saying. I love that. I love that. It just it's, it's, it's a point of view. I'm just saying it out there, just putting it out there. Well, mm. nemesis, whatever, you know, I, what I, I have great, great, great respect for what he has managed to do from creation. But just as a point of view, when we're talking whatever we're talking, from herb to racism to whatever, he grew up in South Africa. He didn't grow up underprivileged in South Africa. He didn't grow up in a township in South Africa. He grew up in a big house, nice school, parents white in South Africa. And so, yeah, uh, one uh, documentary that I saw on him as his mum, who I believe was a nutritionist, uh, saying uh, Elon was always the child at a very young age who would maybe talk too much or uh, ask too many questions or... Da, 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 da. Just whatever he was as a child, free to be, he done it, he was. He weren't told, shut your mouth, Elon, you're talking too much. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or this ain't yep. the place to do it. And I come back to the township in the said South Africa, back to slavery and all the fucking racism that says he can live in that sufficient, self-sufficient country area, they call it a country area of the continent and be with people like the mother and father that he's been with, the schooling that would not be interrupted with, you can't come into school today because you've got no shoes. <laughs> you know, and then you could go to shoe school without that consciousness, have shoes, and take his time to be able to go, hey, look, uh, you know, um, I don't believe you should do it like that, teach. This is the way you should do it. It's very... Uh, 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 you know, uh, obtuse. I don't know of you, obtuse of you, Elon. You're still a child, but I know how to do it. 
I used, and, and, and then he would go, look, when most children, I didn't have that many friends when I was a child. So I'd stay by myself and read every comic book in the world and all these kind of stuff. So that's maybe given him another little latch on what he could do in the future. I don't know too much about this dot-com company, internet world that made him the money, that sold him the PayPal, you know PayPal. Oh yeah, that's right. Jesus. Give thanks. He anyway. was able to get something, and, 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 and even by what I've, even by what I've described, he's been able to manifest a dream of his to the extent where as he has. And I can't discredit the cars and that because uh, uh, the car plant alone, bought from Nissan company, uh, it was it was all sterile and grey and no light, and he's painted it white, paint the floor white, the machines are red. It's, yeah, but you could just walk in there and go, like am I in the future? Well, yes, you are, because the way that we're going to build this car is totally futuristic. And nobody else has done it. So I've got to say, maximum respect to him and give thanks he burns, because that, that's a proof in the pudding. So even yeah. though, like you said, essential, if for its medicinal qualities, it's as good as a pharmacy or a chemist, you see. So do you that think could it's, be do the you reason think it, you know, it's, it, with it, it's There's talk about being medicinal in terms of, you know, benefits uh, for, you know, fighting against arthritis or, or sort of allaying the, the symptoms of, you know, those sorts of things, making life more comfortable for people with arthritis, multiple sclerosis, maybe. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But do you think, like, it's medicinal in terms of the psychological effects of marijuana? Of course it is, because, again, in psychological effects... Describe, describe those psychological effects. Um, the psychological which is the mental and the mental actually soothes the the physical the physical the physical it, 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 it allows even for the physical to be sedated even though i'm sure but some of the ways that we are consuming it is not the most best way for it to get to the benefit of things like arthritis and stuff like that it might be better to be consumed literally in a tea and hopefully not grown with any gm sort of shits Mm. But do you, when you say sedation, I mean, what, I mean, okay, so in the past when you've had some, for example, what does it do? What are the feelings that it gives you that makes it, does it, does it, in, does it um, educate you? Does it inform you in any way? Does it open up new neural pathways to make, does it make you think in a way that you wouldn't under normal circumstances without any, without, maybe if you're, you're drinking booze, for example. Right. Or not this is the way I've done How is it different? I literally, I literally, I literally, I literally, I literally have approached it in my own self like this. I've got my brain, I've got my head, and then when you burn, it's literally the crevice, the crevice of the Grand Canyon emerges. So you've got that big deep bit in the middle that if you was like, I don't know, thrown out of a plane, you'd fall to the ground and die. Literally is created in your head. And it's up to you neurons whatever you're saying new new whatever you're saying it's up to personally i choose to put information that i don't know and somehow i'll remember it because i've got my grand canyon filled up but there's some other people that might have to check themselves often with their grand canyon emerging that they don't know why it's emerging that they will question why it's emerging even though they've done what they've done and that is the principle and process of it, what they've done. Do you understand? Mm. So ultimately, it's an opportunity. Like Miley said, you know, excuse me, I'm like, like excuse me while I like my spliff. Uh, I hope you don't mind while I take a lift. 
from reality. I just can't drift. That's why I'm staying with this riff. So all, all of them things there from reality, I just can't drift. For a person to think that a person cannot do anything with this is again going to be a person and who don't do it because you know people who do it can do anything <laughs> in their mind no they can go forget anywhere their mind. In their mind they can do anything if not right. in their mind that's up to you that could be some that could be some astral projection shit that you're gonna have to go and do anyway that the herb mm. might help you do but you could do it without that and there's people who do it without that so i'm just saying that uh, be prepared for the grand canyon and when it comes to with good information. Nice. So, what's so the grand Canyon? Okay, so it's like an opening up of your consciousness and allowing new things potentially to go into it that might not normally otherwise. <clears throat> you, the, the, I say you say consciousness. I know that there's three levels to that. There's sub conscious, there's subconscious, conscious, and superconscious. Mm. And the superconscious supposedly we enter when we dream and when we do things like that. You see, so. If our neurons or our, I won't say sedated state, but our enhanced state is when we consume this thing. Let us understand that while you are conscious, you are in contact with your superconscious, which is different than being in contact with your subconscious, because your subconscious is like what you're thinking in it. Do you know what I mean? But you might not have to say nothing to bring it out into the world. So we also, as I said, have the superconscious, but the superconscious, I think, is ignited by you realizing that it exists. And then by you realizing it exists, it allows you to go there at any time. But the superconscious, the subconscious, like I said, is like your thoughts. And then, of course, our conscious is us. There's my conscious there. I want to hit the table, I've hit it. But it's now past. So where does it go now? Where does it go into the realms of subconscious? I've said I've done it, or does it go into the realms of superconscious and therefore be able to, uh, how can I say it, have, a, 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 have an evolution or just go on in a dream, even with the superconscious? You get me? Mm. Even in a dream. And if you check that, and what I'm saying is, what's your state like before you sleep when you might be able to enter that dream state? You'll just totally relax. Anyhow, you're thinking of too much things, you can't sleep, can you? No. All right, so there we go again with the Grand Canyon coming in and like you're going to get a whole heap of things going in there, but you're going to have to filter out again, as Marley said. Uh, you're going to have to filter out what is relevant, you know, and most of all, just to get rid of the paranoia, which is going to be brought on by the hearsay, because no one will be like that, because the checking of yourself that you're checking, which people would define as paranoia, is part of the Grand Canyon. Once you come to terms with the Grand Canyon, you'll be able to come to terms with yourself and put the relevant wow. information in. Right. So, so it's like so the paranoia is like an overwhelm because you've been opened up to a whole new dimension of senses almost. Yeah, if you like, you say it like that. But on on top of all that, you also got them outside forces that was against it in the first place, giving you a hint of programming that says. You shouldn't do this. Or oh, what is it? Whatever they're doing. Because again, back to the circumstances. If you get it under a circumstance that said this is legal, you know, you don't get that illegality vibe that's going on, that's shady and that's undercover and certain people are not nice. What the hell? So 
that takes a psychological edge off of it, doesn't it? And all of these things relate to the Grand Canyon. It's the only way I can describe it. Big crevice in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true though. And again, like I said about the physical, because the physical, I think that might have more benefit if consumed in a different way than through the lungs and therefore in the bloodstream. So I'm just saying that even out of that, you know, then I've got to go back to music as well. I've got a song where it goes, uh, um, past the cup and it goes in in your nerve and in your spine <laughs> the cup is the cup of herb and it goes that it will, you, you smoke it and it will go in your nerve and in your spine now we know that in our spine has all got the connections to our nerves mm. yeah all over yeah. the whole body from the spine right mm. so is they relevant they, they mention it in that throw away way that it's going to touch your nerve and spine for you while well, one hearing that song part of the grand canyon would already have associated with that hmm. next so it's like next but not in an avaricious greedy way next i'm not satisfied with that one what else can happen Do you know what i mean it's more like what you said earlier so many things have now been released that you have a chance to pick which one you want to sit in hmm. That can be called truth, that could be called honesty, that could be see the light, that could be, again, history, what came before me. Whatever it is, you've got the Grand Canyon, mate, it's up to you. I'm not saying that, that people who don't burn don't have Grand Canyon. But you see, people who read books, people who take on a, a study, people who, you know what I mean, it's Grand Canyon same way. My experience of it are that uh, alcohol dulls the senses, whereas weed heightens the senses. Well done. Well done. Back to the superconscious that I mentioned then. Yep. And but, but the, yep. another thing, you know, because I do think there are downsides as well. I think overall, in my experience through my life, I've had a better time with marijuana than I have with alcohol overall. <laughs> I just think it's a nicer feeling. The side effects aren't anywhere near as bad. But I will also say I've had some seriously bad anxiety and paranoia, temporary paranoia and anxiety from smoking weed. And I do think that whatever you take, whatever your vice is, whatever you get, you gets you high or low, your uppers or your downers. If you're in, it's all about your mind state when you take them. If you're happy, then you'll generally get more happy. It'll exacerbate how you're feeling, basically. If you're feeling sad or worried, then smoking weed has never been a good thing for me. It makes me freak out. I know what you're saying. But alcohol could do that too. <laughs> alcohol makes me say things I shouldn't. Weed makes me, stops me from saying things that I should. All right, here to play. This is the point. The weed is more internal, more in you. And uh, for the one of what I said about makes me aggressive with the whiskey, the whiskey makes you, I'm sorry to say this, I mean, the alcohol makes you be yourself. It's a self. And I've spoken to a couple of people that have told me that you, you said certain things when you're under the influence. And it's as bad as someone who maybe has polarity problems you know or something like that or even i won't say dyslexia but even mm -hmm. in the wonderful world that we live in now where people go that's dyslexia but whereas before you were mad or slow you know is the same one that would make what did i say not i just said dyslexia what was the other one depression what was the other one 
Oh, well, maybe what I'm trying to say is that nowadays it's been understood and therefore it's all right. Do you understand? Mm. Yeah. Nowadays. So what I'm saying... Is, acceptable. What I'm saying about you going, well, if I drink, I'll become like that. And if I... Da, 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 I'm saying in a round picture, both of these people have to emerge and neither of them should emerge under the product of any one of these things. That mm. would be the ideal human being that we can make Ollie be, you know what I mean? And mm. it's not that I can say that at 12 midnight. It's not that I can say that uh, 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 like I'm perfect. I'm not saying I'm using you hypothetically. So I'll go again. With what you were saying about paranoia and things like that, what the herb will do is make you check yourself all the time. Make you check yourself and tick the box. But what the alcohol might be doing is how can I say? It's like, it's not deadening in no senses, but what it's done is like, go, uh, you're not able to tick the boxes so smoothly, so comfortably, so easily, because the state of mind that you're in is a little bit more aggressive, let's say. So what happens in the ticking of the boxes, I think, with the drink man might be that, I'm going to say this, you know, because, wow, I've got my... We call it Dutch, you know, just any thinking it a long time and they're in front of me and I'm going to say it. And Baff has yeah. said, it's not a consideration of whether it's good, bad or indifferent. What the consideration is that I know, or the individual knows, that they have had this thought and now they feel strong enough, confident enough, whatever you want to call it, enough to say it to this person, good or bad. Now, I think that the herb might make a person have to check themselves with the yep, same yes. way that it definitely with the same way that they might have to be able to go look the drinks giving me this kind of mentality this kind of blah blah whether it's deadening senses whether it's opening senses it's still going to give you like this is what i do with herb as well you turn it to whatever you want to turn it to but somehow with alcohol and a few other drugs they come in there and go i'm here this is what you got to do for me now. Right? <laughs> and that's another thing for me, which I don't like because it's like they take control. So I'm mm. going to have to stop it. And then how can you stop drunkenness? Breathe deep. No, that won't stop it. Da, da, da. And again, even with the herb, whatever will be happening to you without you getting out of control and go, I can't stop this thinking. Just look at the opposite of the thinking. And then maybe go, that's why you're thinking the thing you're thinking. Cause you need to mm. look at the opposite. Again, it's a check yourself situation. Because mm. you're with yourself with the thing, isn't it? With the alcohol, yeah. it's, that, it's kind of it's kind of external. The effects of the alcohol as well, you know. You start walking mm. funny. You might even drop on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> with with alcohol, like so many times when you drink alcohol, you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, can't a little bit cloudy about what you might have said. Feel a bit bad about, oh, did I say anything bad to anyone? never get that feeling with weed, do you? It's always like, as I said, you become more sensitive to things around you rather than less. And more in control. It don't control you. So while the alcohol was in and took over and had control, when you have no longer it in you, you look and go, how much control did it have over me? <laughs> That's what you've said. Yeah. And again, what we know with the Grand Canyon is it's your opportunity to put in there what information you want. So already you're under a different kind of, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, approach, yeah. a different kind of everything. And I've got to emphasize that for the longest time, 
superb has been known and used. The ropes, the sails of Nelson's and blah, blah's sailing ship, which made um, England have a great navy, was all made from herb. It was made from hemp. hemp rope, made the mm. hemp rope, made the everything. I'm not going there. Bushy and rare and ugly and scratchy as it was, but it was strong, you see. So mm. what I'm saying is, they've all, oh, from time they've got the qualities, and I've got to go back again to Drake. Drake and uh, uh, what's her name? My name uh, Elizabeth the oh. First. Elizabeth the First. No, not Raleigh. Drake and Raleigh. Yeah, that's their names. Drake and Raleigh. That was their names. Sir Francis Drake, Sir Walter Raleigh. So mm. again, them two people were the ones who were vying for a kind of like attention. And as we also know, she never checked for none of them. But had a little affair maybe, and she had dodgy teeth, and had to marry a Spaniard or something, and didn't marry nobody. <laughs> <laughs> he was called. The Virgin Queen, you feel me? <laughs> so this is what I'm saying. If you check it, something like that now comes back to the way that certain people would have got it, but other people would have had it from time. Feel me? Yep. Yep. And I've got to go back to the coffee move again. So know? it's not part. It's not embedded. It's not embedded in people's cultures. It's not available to them in the same way that alcohol would have been throughout history. Is what you're saying? Throughout history, well done. And again, with the Amsterdam vibe. Let's say that it went over to them places because them other bruh travelled. I'm definitely going to check that one out because that's a very interesting story. No, I didn't know they, about they the definitely travelled. They definitely travelled. The but they were the travelled. pioneers of it in in Amsterdam. No, they weren't the pioneers of Amsterdam. But Amsterdam's in Holland, and what no, I'm no, saying but they were the, is some. No, they were the pioneers of weed in Amsterdam. Who the Dutch? No, the American guys that you're telling me about. The, the American. That's what I'm saying. This is what I've been told. Some American guys went there, they were looking for the herb, they couldn't get it because it was in America. The place was cold as shit. They got some grit in a greenhouse or wherever it is. And next thing you know, they were growing herb. But on top of the growing herb, the, the relaxed mind of flower power, Amsterdam, where John Lennon done the bedding as well and things like that in the 1960s, get it together, bruh, is that it was very, very liberal, let's say that. And as liberal as it was, and as the 60s was liberal, it became that liberal place where you can do this. You feel me? It mm. weren't the whole of Holland, it was just this place down there. Hence the fact that you will find most Dutch people being able to go, I don't approve of it because it undermines me. You feel me? Yeah? Mm. That's what they're saying. As opposed to it being called liberal and really relaxed from everybody else around the world, the people themselves will go, no, because it undermines me. I'd rather you go to the Van Gogh Museum or Rem see a Rembrandt or something. Come on. That's more my mm. culture. Do you feel me? Mm. Right. So that deals with the Dutch thing, okay? So, uh, yeah, and the Holland thing. And what's that place? Amsterdam. So, yeah. The other point has to be mentioned that, like I said, everywhere they went, they would find Herb and they would stay there. Later on, even with their connections around the world, because they've got still Dutch West Indies and Dutch shit all over the place, you won't even, go, you won't even know, um, they would import the Herb. And that's, again, what would happen in Amsterdam, because obviously they had to get Herb from rare, hashish this, and rare, rare that, and blah, blah, that. You understand? Otherwise, mm. they just have one which is not the case when I went there in 1980 long time they had such a variation couldn't believe so I'm going to show you that they would be vexed with paying the taxes they would says, be vexed says, with giving the other 
I'm just looking online. It says build. Amsterdam is known for its famous coffee shops where customers can purchase. Uh, in 1970, oh, no, wait a second. Dutch authorities, oh, wait a second. They said um, it can be traced back to 1953. This is when the Opium Act was amended to include cannabis on the list of drugs facing criminal offences. Dutch authorities had initially responded repressively due to the increase of psychoactive drugs in the 60s, but they soon evolved when amending the Opium Act again in 1976, which launched the national policy of tolerance for small-scale marijuana use. It doesn't really give us too much details, but that's the sort of broad history. All right, <clears throat> come again. Look at that. The, <clears throat> the narcotic is getting through, yeah? And yet, when we look at England, England, we look at uh, opium dens, silk route, all of them things were relevant to the, even the taking over of Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just check it as well. While Holland might just go, all oh, the opium laws of rah-rah and the rah-rah. Yeah, I don't know when it was, the first one. But it has relevance to what I'm saying. We're in 1953 or whatever, but I'm just saying it has still got relevance to the fact that everywhere they're going, they're with something they're taking something and something is is unique in those places and it's herb mm. even if it ain't the herb it's the other thing that you mentioned which is the nuts the narcotics you understand <laughs> yeah the, yes it's a really good point and, you know it's been an amazing conversation about that well you did, did you know that you and me have known each other for about 25 years a quarter of a century Wow. It just says that we're really old now. Oh. I know, it does, doesn't it? But we met each other you in You can't North know brother London. from 25 years and be 26, North, you know? North, we met each other in North London in 1996. And the reason I know that is because my first year in halls in university, and I remember the first time I met you in university yeah. halls in, in North London. So, yeah, so 1993. Sorry, 1996. So, yeah, 25 years. What are the things that you remember? I'm, I'm being a bit indulgent here and a bit selfish, but what are the things that you remember from our 25-year friendship? What are the things that stick out for you? What immediately comes to mind when you think about our friendship? Well, Luxembourg. I've got one. Like I said Luxembourg when we drove to Luxembourg, <laughs> mate. And, and for oh, the listeners or for anybody, I remember we took them things up. The chair up the take up this spiral staircase. It was a super long chair, a uh, settee. It was not easy by any. We were delivering means. furniture, um, right? Even for the, for the benefit driving. of everybody who's listening. Yeah, we it was delivering, delivering furniture, furniture uh, to a bloody <laughs> another country from one to another. And uh, as soon as we got out, if you remember, Ollie, the Gumball Rally was going on. Oh and yeah, we saw the Gumball guys on the way out of them. Crossing. Yeah. The kiddies, all these Busting Martin, Porsche, all these cars for pulling. <laughs> Rich kids off their chops on drugs. And then we run, and then we ran out of, we ran out of tobacco, <laughs> we ran out of herb, everything. <laughs> and we had so far to go. <laughs> we were still in Luxembourg and everything, and we hadn't even got to the ferry. And oh my, we never had nothing. We never had nothing. Oh, right, so great. Isn't it so crazy how like time slips away though? I mean, just to think that that's a quarter of a century away is just ridiculous. It feels like, just feels like it yesterday, is doesn't it? someone's lifetime. Yeah, to a certain extent. And I think maybe because as memorable as they are and yesterday thinking as they are, they were 
true. They were real. You get me? Yeah. They were real. Everything, everything, <laughs> everything. Let, let the people know, whether they hear them or not, that the tunes <laughs> have been all created by, they have been, the music has been created by you in most cases, right? Some of the lyrics, most of my lyrics are my own, even yep. though in some cases they were off the dome and Ollie would filter out what he don't want. And in some cases, very free, <laughs> we wrote it down and try to do it by writing it down. But writing it down was so sterile that we just dashed that idea, okay? So I think that, uh, nothing to do with me again, but ultimately, even in the concept of the whole ideas and everything, that was you. And resentment, them times, as I just explained, could be that you had too much power with your Aries head. But that's cool because you created something and in history, as these days are now, we've still got them and believe they're not so dated as you'd think, are they? Even your, even your ba- band, what's that? Gambler, Ambler, Gambler, and all them mm. stuff. <laughs> you know, so what are you laughing for? It was all part. It's all part that of on a great there. journey. It's all part of a great journey. I'm telling basically. you, bro. When you and I started kicking about in 1996, you know, the internet revolution hadn't taken off, so like a lot of the music that we made back then has just been lost. I've got this external hard drive, which has been in my, a box in my cupboard for like 20 years. And I keep meaning to go to a computer shop so I can get all the stuff off it. Because then literally we'd be opening up a world of, you know, like songs that of you and me music. made. Yeah, you and me oh, made like 25 now, years please. ago. And you know what? You need to send it to me on WhatsApp, man. Go yeah. and do that tomorrow. Go and no, do I that tomorrow, do man. <laughs> imagine just if dash I told you- That's it in the shop. I, Imagine if I told you to go and do something like that tomorrow. Do you think you'd get around to it? All right, you know what it is, right? In America, <laughs> I'm taking it for granted, right? That you could go downstairs of your house and mm. find a shop that deals with downloading of computers. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Mm. Tell yeah, me I'm wrong. Some... Do you have to go to the mall? <laughs> do you remember like that when you was in Wood Green? Yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. That tiny little bedroom in, in Wood Green. It was so oh, small. My. God. And you remember me Watching and Reno. Rich used to, uh, yeah, our lounge used to be like the hallway where you'd come in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd all be on tenter hooks waiting for you to come around on Saturday night. Where's Aubrey? <laughs> hey, man used to live good in there though. The yeah, food, we had a the, good chi- time. the kitchen was on the back of that hallway, wasn't it? And then spend, the field room was to the left. Yeah, I used to spend five pounds a week on food. I'd go down to the supermarket and spend five quid and it would last me a whole week. Instant noodles, bread and eggs. (laughs) And all the rest of the money would be reserved for boozing. The natural high. Just checking. Uh Uh-huh. Story to be told. Every time and then I see you every place you go I know where you move and then I watch your flow I have you feel me? And can you feel me? Time keeps tripping and tripping on by People don't really know the right and they still can't decide Or can you feel me? Or can you feel me? Down low where you've never been before It's like the places that you feel below zero I know you're out there coming in Out of the cold, 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 
below zero But though you know where you're gonna go I know how you feel This is life for me, know the deal You know that it's real But can you feel me? And can you feel me? Oh, oh Where you been, I know what's inside Some people come down, tell pure lies Where are this sky? I see you coming down, living the light So we can get through the darkness And know we were right I know where you're at there And I know I won't get tongue-tied But I know where I've been in this time You see me, you beat me, you feel me, you know me uh, I don't understand, but you show me Take it up, take it up. You won't cuss, 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 And every time you've seen it, and if it could be, I got a story to be told for the blinds to see. I know where you're gonna be next week. I know where you're gonna be. Can't hide, listen to the meek. I unfold my mind, I give it to your side. And if you're gonna feel it, you're gonna feel it in time. But then I flow. I get it so good like you don't know And this is not a lyrical expenditure I just flow, flow, uh, don't you know But can you feel me? I know, I know But can you see me? Yo, 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 yo And then I start to tell I tell the story that you know should be told I move on, I get it done for them and those I kill my foes, a natural progression, don't you know? Can you feel me? As I just unflow I'm blooming like a flower with the story that should be told But can you see me? What you doing to me now? I'm attracted What you doing to me?